Hello, welcome to Race Brain Podcast. My name is Rich Ryan. I'm your host. Joining me today, as always, Bracken Crocker and Jack Bauer. We are in the basement, the cellar of the season. We are just scraping by with topics, but we got some good stuff coming for you today. We got a Q&A. I'm calling this episode, people always ask me episode because you know whenever people online they're like people always ask me xyz and like no Mm -hmm. one's asking them that and they're just like themselves up for a question (laughs) yeah it's like what's the minimum to count as people is it two a lot of people a lot of people ask me i was between that people always ask me episode and the trp episode but we're calling it the people always ask me episode yeah trp is accurate i you just made a statement on a lot of people like we're just making up numbers and stuff. I we have are. probably the most made up number of all time that I witnessed. I went to Texas Roadhouse. I read your entire novella this weekend, Jack. It's it's ridiculous. Wait, what? Okay. So I was like, I have to break this down numerically. I went into Texas Roadhouse. Bracken, you know the answer. You can't play. They have Rich. peanuts on the floor there? Uh, some place, sometimes, but I didn't get Not it. But you know those? You've been to Texas Roadhouse. That's the they place, give you the though, rolls. yes. That yeah. is, the, they give you the rolls. Rolls are delicious. Yeah. Love them. Don't don't bring your new shoes to there because you're getting you're crunching Boots. on peanuts and stuff. Boots. But it, anyway, those rolls legendary. There was a plaque that said Sophia something, like best roll maker of all time. She has made blank rolls since 2008. How many do you think she has made? They claim, and this is right as you walk in the store. They're like representing her. 2008. It's a long yes. time ago. It's about 15 years. A million. They claim 30 million. I'm 30 like, there's million no rolls. possible way. 30 million rolls. And I did the math and I was like, let's say that she has never taken a bathroom break. She's never taken a single minute off of work. And she has worked every single day since the beginning of 2008. She would have had to have averaged something like 5,200 rolls per shift every single day. And, Easy. and I looked at... No, no, it's not. Big I looked old, at the, the big old sh- pans. I looked at the Texas sheets. Roadhouse. Yes. And they have 16 each on it. It was a four by four. And she would have to do 40 of those per hour. So she's got a minute and a half to put those in, put them out, cut them up, paint them, separate them. It, it is impossible. There's no way. And I was just bothered because did you were, bring this? Did you bring this to I'm gonna next time HQ? I go there. Oh, So I have cool. I have one follow-up yeah. question which may lead to another. You saw the sheet. But did you see mm-hmm. the size of the industrial device that bakes I've, them? Does it I've have worked. like a 12 slot? Maybe she. Oh, yeah. Good question. I'll follow up. Like a follow. Subway type bread. I, I, worked, at, I worked at Quiznos before. I, I like I know how bread operates when you when you cook it and stuff. And I get it. They have like the different levels and stuff. It, it does I'm saying, not could there be a dozen racks going at once? Probably, but I don't think that that's. You know, you ha- you have to still cut them up, paint them, separate them. And there's one person. I don't know if she bread. has to. Maybe that's a different job. Maybe she's just baking them. She might solely be the assembly line. Tray in, tray out. Hit the bell. You're on it. Because if okay. you if you think if they're operating at capacity, how many tables do you think they have going? Fifty. Man, I'm sure there's a some lot. server listening who knows the actual numbers. But yeah, I'd say there are probably fifty like tables. Yeah, that's okay. a, that's a ton. Okay, let, let's say let's have that. Let's say there's only 25 tables. How many rolls do you get per table? Do you start with eight? You start with a basket of four and you can get unlimited. And I asked them and they said that the record at that restaurant was 33 baskets that they brought for a group of four teenagers who basically wanted to get a stomach ache. Let's go. But I, it, like I mean, that. that's that's 250 per seating. If everyone has 10, 
based off of 25 tables at capacity, 250 mm-hmm. per seating, you, you got to figure what? One every 45 to 60 minutes. A shift's yeah. eight hours. 250 times eight. It's 2,000. 2,000. How many would she have to make a day? Is that 50, 5,200? If she never took a break, if she does a 40 hour shift, she has to make like 72, 7,300. I just, I think they added an extra. Yeah, so I'm, I'm on your side. I, yeah. I'm not, I'm not seeing it at no, no, no possible. I, I believe 3 million. And that's what I was like. Okay. She's been doing that 15 years. That, that, that's reason. I guess it's reasonable, but 30 million. Come on. Don't lie to us. We'll call you out. Just like I call out the CrossFit games and their 5k. She is the Hinshaw of the sweet roll industry. And everyone <laughs> I mean, I'm knows not, it. Now. I'm not discrediting her. She's probably the goat of all. Like she's, if you're making bread for 15, 16 years in a row, you're probably pretty good at it. But so the person uh, who made the sign is a liar. Speaking of unbelievable numbers, High Rocks Maastricht this weekend. First race of the season. <laughs> Great. Segway's perfect. Segway's perfect yeah. into. We saw some incredible times out there in Maastricht, which is generally a faster course. It's been the European Championships the previous two seasons. Uh, I was curious about if they had any, if the new equipment was out there yet. Center, I believe it's called. And they're not looking to roll that out until London, which I can look that up really fast. So, so these that, weren't the new sleds. These were not the new. These were not the new sleds. So and these were debuts for some of these men. Yeah. No. No. So no, that's of the season. Well, of the year, but like we no. haven't seen. Like we we've seen their track record, people. track record, yeah. track record, season debut. That's not true. They uh, which they, part's not true? These athletes have all raced recently. Store at the race recently in singles? Yeah. yeah. Singles? Really? Yeah. Oh, and I thought he did doubles. And same. So, okay. So we're going through it. He has done some doubles. On the men's side, Thomas Tverdik, show favorite. Favorite. Show favorite out here. He Is ran he a, your favorite name to pronounce? I mean, I don't always nail it. Like, that wasn't a good one. But I do I do like, yeah. I do like him. It, get it. I do like the name. 56-21 for Tomas. Uh, Lucas Storath, the legend. 56-49, major PR. Afrin Humphreys, 57.36. Uh, Tobias Lautvin was 58 flat. Jeffrey Voisson, 58.24. And then uh, Sebastian Iverson was 59.52. Uh, that kind of rounds it out. So this course... Um, Those make sense, except for the first two. Tobias makes sense, but Tobias getting beat by these athletes doesn't make sense. I think that was just like an off day from him. And Joffrey has not been to the same form that he has been in. Um, okay. So just laying it out there. No offense to any yeah. athletes in this. Time to just, piss off Europe. We're yep. just simply taking the information that we see and then uh, referring back to information that we uh, that we knew previously and just looking at these times. So Thomas Taverdict and Lucas, they both ran in Frankfurt, which was... Just a couple of weeks ago. How that did that was, fly under my radar? I didn't see that Lucas raced. Because he got like seventh. Is that what it was? <laughs> oh. Yeah. Because he raced and he finished that race in 62.15. Rust buster. Just busting that rust. And he's like, you know what? Next, six minutes better. <laughs> yeah. I, deci- I decided that I wanted to run six minutes better and I just did it. Mind over matter. And Tomas was in that same race. He finished fourth. Behind Tobias, behind Ator Lazaro, behind Mark Dean in a 60 19. 
Efren Humphreys ran in uh, Barcelona, which I think was the same week as Dallas. So seven weeks ago, six, seven weeks ago or so. And he ran, let me see where he was. He finished 12th in that race and finished in 63-52 uh, and then improved to a 57-36. I'm trying to find precedent for... It's an improvement. Because I don't want to attack athletes because they've done nothing wrong. It's nothing. The all they did, all they did was run the time. They showed this up. Is, yeah. yeah, so this is not them. So I'm trying to find precedent for time change like this in endurance sports. And the only thing I can point to is a marathon. A marathon. Marathon is the only thing that you can have minutes of swing one way or the other, but it doesn't happen in a three-week turnaround unless you DNF. And because and of course, all, of, course, all of us know three to four weeks cannot change your fitness noticeably. All you can do in three to four weeks are sharpen up or rest up. You really can't make it more than like a half notch of a fitness change in three weeks. Four weeks is just about enough time that you can be a slightly different athlete. If you were, if you had a big deficiency, like you could go in coming on, back from an injury, super or something. sick, not even an injury. Yeah. You have to be fit. Have to have trained. Mostly, that's, fit. that's true. Yep. It's mostly you can rest up or recover or sharpen. Like that's about, that's about it that you can do in three to four weeks other than high intensity work. If you did hundred mile weeks for 12 weeks and then ran a mile and then had three to four weeks to sharpen up and ran another one, you could have a completely different result. But in a 60 minute race, I don't see much work you can do in a month other than skill or sharpen or rest. So it, and all it that's sounded... left, if it's not one of those things, is something funky. And it sounded like a lot of those names were in the same race as each other not too long ago. So it's not like they they were soloing this. You had competition. You had a lot of very fit people there. So everybody doing better? It, it's, it's just a reflection on High Rocks and their layout. Can you pull Lucas up from the last two performances and can we look at side-by-side -side examples of his splits and zones just to see where this time came from? Sure thing. Um, we'll talk about women really fast. Jennifer Nicholas finished in first. She was 64.01. Uh, Jezebel Kramer was 64.14. And Rebecca Nather was 64.18. Uh, both Jezebel and Rebecca were 67 highs in the yeah. last like three or four weeks as well. But it, isn't Jezebel like the most unlucky person in terms of that top 50? I, she's either one second behind tied to get into the elite. And I think she's like 16th now. <laughs> she found this She'll course. She'll get in now. She's, I think... Uh, I don't know. She might get on. Right I think, she, I think she's just out, but someone probably will back out the, uh, and, and with someone like her who races a ton to see mm -hmm. like a three minute drop, it just shows like, well, and mm -hmm. both, I mean, there are some numbers for athletes that do matter and age is one of them. Lucas and Jezebel are not getting younger. Four They're the plus. two oldest in their divisions outside of one extreme outlier. On the female side, they're like one 52-year-old woman who's just like my idol in life. Yeah. <laughs> but outside of her, Lucas is the oldest, and I don't think it's close. What is he, 43 now? Jeffrey Boisin, He's Boisson's up there. He's all, yeah. Jumper and uh, Tom Hogan's like also 42. in that 40-somethings. But what is Storath? Uh, when he won Worlds, I thought he was like 37, 38. I thought he was so. older than that. I think he's he's in his 40s. Yeah, he. I, I think he's young 40s, like 41. Anyway, Almost. point is, old man strength has already kicked in, and it doesn't include speed. <laughs> I think so you just don't was, see minutes drop in your forties. I think Frankfurt was the same weekend as um, L.A., which was December at some point, right? 
Had to be. Had to be yeah. a slate. Do, do you want to know what I just did? I just Googled Lucas Storath age. What do you think the first per, first thing to pop up was? His age? Meg Jacoby's Instagram. Nice. <laughs> Meg's on that. SEO is SEO, popping baby. off. Yeah, she's got it. SEO. I'm pulling these up right now. Uh, looking at these, a couple of words, like uh, some word over there that the rock zone was a little bit funny. And it seems like this had the, like, the... The gold standard of short run, short rock zone. Unbelievable. Love that when you can get that that opportunity to get both of those things. Generally, they're pretty good at having it be rock zone short, runs are long. Runs are short, rock zone's long. But here, not the case. Maastricht's over here on the left. Frankfurt on the right. So it looked like the first. These are the calmest run splits I've ever seen from him. Yeah. He didn't go out in like 308. First run was long in Maastricht, it, it appears. Yeah. Was then everybody after else that, like were, four plus or? Uh, I don't know. Just based off of the other run splits, like you went Those are very consistent. To 330. Yeah. And it looks like number eight was a little long, which usually tends to be the case. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. His wall balls uh, came down to earth for the first time ever. Yeah. Does he usually struggle? No, no. He, I mean, he's he's one of the I can go unbroken guys. Oh, he didn't do it in Frankfurt. He surely, I don't think he did. Surely wasn't. That's what I'm saying. His his time came back down to earth here. The, when when I heard that that those two entered wall balls at the same time, I thought he would have won. Mm. And he lost 20 seconds on wall balls. So these stations we are did 516 in Frankfurt, and then 403. That's that's just you know, a little specificity, I imagine. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's just like the runs are fast. And the rock zone here was four minutes in, in Frankfurt and in Maastricht, it was 2.44. And the running was faster. So it could be like, I'm just that more fit. <laughs> Which I'm sure he is more fit. Um, to be taken off chunks of time on each run. And the sled's... No, sled's warm that much faster. The sled 334 pulled. run after the row. 347 after farmers. Huh. That seems strange. 334 yeah. after Unless the row. He, was just he must have just been dying. Or that run, or they, they had that in a different spot. Maybe the layout of the course was just something that we haven't seen. Maybe they've been playing around with the efficiencies of the course, like that did in um, Stockholm, having... Mm -hmm. Certain things in certain places for like because Stockholm right in right out yeah because I believe Stockholm was two minutes faster than the courses that we've seen but not because it was mismeasured or the sleds or anything crazy it was just like a big run course easy turns it was just very efficient so I think that's what led to fast times where typically they, there's like less than ideal courses because they had like the half length removed on the how far you needed to go to reach the farmer's carry and stuff right farmers was probably 30 seconds for sure but then these turn there's two two loops and just, just track like turns track like yeah. turns there just an efficient course maybe this was a, efficient that way but this course could be like legit five minutes fast five like five minutes fast well, that would put Toby at a four, at a one hundred and three. Yeah. I mean, his and Lucas his, is the former world champ. 
Who just ran 62. He's in his 40s. I know. Like, <sighs> five is probably the high, obviously the high end. But four, I don't think that that's crazy. I think it's crazy. That's a little, I think it's a little excessive. These dudes took off like seven minutes of time in three weeks. Yeah, but look where he took his chunks. So he took his chunks on sled pull and wall balls. He took three minutes plus right there. Sled pull must have been something funny too, because these are all very, very fast. Not 437 minute 318, so almost a minute 19 faster. That's that's a chunk. Yeah. And, and like wall everybody balls was fast. Everybody was fast on um sled pull also. I remember I, I posted that graphic and it's like, yeah, Toby was 305. Lucas 318, uh, Tomas 318. You, you just had a lot of really good times in that poll. Meanwhile, at like yeah. Worlds last year, you had one person under or two people under 330, and like basically everybody was at this race. But then run total being it, faster and rock zone being faster. So that's like, the only place that I, I could be sketchy, but like his burpee bra jumps got quicker, his farmer's carry got quicker, his lunges got quicker, his push got quicker, his pull got quicker, his row got quicker. Like he went quick a little bit to a medium bit quicker in everything. And then he took four chunks, which were pull, wall ball, run, rock zone. And the sled, the run, and the rock zone are the only funky things ever. The, and the run was 28 seconds. If you divide that by eight, you're looking at like three to four seconds. That's one to two right, that's improvement you can that, make in a month that's that's realistic for sure yeah what with the what with the minute and 15 on the rock zone yeah so then rock zone and yeah. sled are the only two funky things which means i don't think it can be five minutes no that's too much what, what was toby's what were his highest and lowest points last year time-wise they weren't crazy. Um, he didn't. He didn't rip anything last year. Like I think he was fifty. He's been fifty eights for about two years now. Mm -hmm. So like it's within what Toby typically runs, but getting beat by guys who doesn't typically get beat by. I'm sure this is the first right. time Tomas has beat him. Like until like he Tomas ripped this row. Look at this row. What a monster he is. <laughs> Three forty six with transitions on that. With transitions, that's nasty. That's crazy. And that's that's the thing, right? Transitions can play into this if they yes. optimize it. It's like a deck a mile. That's you optimize that's transitions. Can't see. Right. right. Like if it's in and out right away, or like the, they're real short zones, or whatever. Probably weren't. I'd imagine this is a pretty big venue. But same deal here. Uh, his run was thirty seconds faster. And then his rock zone was also a minute and 10 seconds faster. Mm -hmm. So like where in, in three weeks, he improved his runtime by two plus minutes. No. And I think, I minutes? think we're all agreeing the run, the rock zone and the sled can be fudged. Everything else is either transition or accurate. Yeah, like these zones are really solid. Like his wall balls are great. You can't do anything. You can't really change that. His no. sandbag lunges are good. Farmers is really fast. Row is really fast. Burpee broad jumps are normal. Sled pulls fast. Sled push is fast. Ski is normal. I mean, he's between second and fifth best on everything except for sled push. And he really didn't struggle on that. Two and a half minutes, 229. Yeah. Like he, he was just a monster on the machines. Like, are you guys hearing a car horn? I want to know how good this mic is. Did you hear that at all? Nothing. Not the shit is mine. Bang. So I think, so I don't want to dwell on this too much, but I think that this is certainly uh, just, High Rocks is, like, they just don't care. 
right? Like it's like we're everyone, everybody knows now that these courses are crazy. And now people that are repeating races and, and coming away with these huge chunks one way or another, like I'm sure people came into this with, that weren't in that great of fitness and walked away with PRs. Pull, pull up the top 30. Who got I wouldn't say out? they don't care. I'm going to say the opposite. I'm going to say they do really care. They do really care about times. It's getting and worse. Trying to find a way to optimize the courses. Do you, I don't know. Part of me, I'm not accusing him of this, but have you heard Mo several times? He's like, "What do you think? Do you think anybody can break 52? You think a woman can go 56 or something?" Like he said that in interviews, and they just keep getting faster and faster. And yeah. Of course, more experience, you're gonna get faster. It's a standardized race, but there's like a limit to what the human body can do realistically. We haven't touched. Seems... I don't think we've touched that yet. But these chunks of time that are coming I know, off I know. are are. Like, so maybe you're right, BK, maybe they care and they're doing it in the opposite direction as mm -hmm. opposed to, but like, they're not standardizing it. Like they're like, that's what they're not doing. They don't care to standardize this at all. Or they're well, saying and being like, no, it is standardized. It's fine. When it's clearly not. Yeah. And I think that we're limited because we have the athlete slash passionate side of the sport perspective, which is we're looking at standardization on a week to week basis, season to season. Where they may be looking at it saying like from f in five years from now, do we have a product that's ironclad? Mm. Like even the other pro sports, three-point line getting added and then moved back, field goal being narrowed and then moved back. Like other things happen, but from a long-term perspective, they all make sense and they make for a better product. We're living in the here and now where like this, there's something crazy happened. It doesn't make sense. This this is not fair. And they might just be thinking, we don't like we're not trying to make the best fair race for today we're making it for the next five and ten years and we need to get there as soon as possible so we'll tinker every month until we got it and like it's almost like go, go ahead jack no all right i was gonna say it's almost like the designated hitter rule also in baseball where it's like one league for and now it's a universal one but for a while it was like hey you just have to play by these rules your pitcher's got to hit because you're you're in the NL and the AL doesn't have to do that. And it feels like, yeah, depending on where you go, you either have the DH or not. And it's like, why didn't you score as many runs? It's like, well, because my pitcher was hitting. And here we would have like, had a field day with that if that was our sport. If we would have had a field day with a short porch in right field, like, how is this? Yeah. Like, you really expect me to believe like this guy's hitting 48 bombs in cop because he <laughs> plays half his games in Denver and half the games in like Yankee Stadium? Like, we don't, yeah. Like we would have wrecked that. We would have wrecked shop on all these sports too. But as an outsider, we're like, it's kind of cool to have this. I think we're sometimes just too close to the issue. It's a different, mm -hmm. it, it, like the inconsistencies that you guys are bringing up, they, that is true, but it doesn't affect the end of the season. They still have to play. They still have to go through each team. When you're on the same oh. field, you are having the same rules. Here, these fields are all spread out and they're affecting the like outcomes and like the course and like the athletes who are going to the selection be able to participate. So it's like the same sport, but on different fields that count the same. So it's not the same as inconsistencies in terms of like, yeah, there's one more game in football. These, these records are different. It's different from the numbers at the end of the day, but the two teams play on the same field here. That's not the case. And like, there's all these different fields, it's like different sports. And then they're, they're, they're lining them up against each other. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna play devil's advocate to that. So do it. I'm a I'm a Wisconsin guy. Every week we watch teams come into Green Bay and bring six pairs of cleats to the field because they can't figure out how yeah. their shoes translate to our 
real grass that gets chewed up like crazy because it's always wet or freezing or unfreezing and being replanted. And our guys practice on it all week. They know exactly what to use. Like that is an unfair advantage and we know it and we're fine with it. And their D backs slip when we cut and their wide receivers slip when they cut. And we're just sitting pretty on that. Like that's, I think that the unfairness, even in standardized sports, it's just going to be there. And I'm not, I'm not saying it's okay. I'm just saying we are too close and passionate about it sometimes and we get riled up rightfully so, but the five-year plan may prove them right. But that, like that analogy, it's, it's okay, but it'd be like, yeah, it's not great. It'd be like yeah, determining who better. makes the playoffs based off okay, of opponents, opponents scoring at your home field. That. Like it's like, just with like, oh yeah, well they're just cheating asses over there at, in New England. Yeah, but it happens everywhere. We had a special in the playoffs one win. day, and it showed Rodgers and I don't even know who it was, Hasselbeck at the time, working the balls over to the way that Rodgers wanted it before the game for our footballs. Like it, I just don't think, and, and they and Fox did a special on it, and they showed it, and everyone's like, that's so cool that we're doing that. And like two years later, like Tom Brady is evil because they changed the ball prior. Like We Jeez. highlighted us doing this, rubbing it with sandpaper, deflating it, Raising it up a little bit. Rodgers liked it extra pumped up because he had strong hands in the cold and the other quarterback couldn't handle it. So they pumped it extra. Like it's, 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 it's happening everywhere. And I'm not saying that that justifies all of it. It's just that we are, we're in the infancy. And so all the changes seem crazy big. <laughs> but like, it would be like, is it could, worth it? Is what it, I'm saying. If three years from now, it's sorted. They figured the, out how to do this. The problem with your three to five year plan is that's like a good chunk of your athletic career at a high level. And it's like, how, who's going to get affected? Who's going to be denied opportunities? Who's going to fall the out of the sport? Which is right. They're like, I can't like, I'm in my late thirties or I'm just yep. not going to do this for four or five years. And I'm going to pursue something else. Like we're going to lose people and the opportunity that that's the issue. That's, that's going to be. That's the part where Rich is totally right in that, like, I hate the phrase. I don't hate it. I just like the phrase they don't care because I think they truly do care. But the thing they don't care about is the athlete that came to their sport. They didn't make the sport for Rich. They didn't make no. it for me. They didn't make it for Lu Lucas, even though Lucas was instrumental to their rise. They're making it for their company. Yes. And whoever is there when it grows is who they're super happy and going to be like supporting. And then they're going to find the next person. I don't think they care about the athlete life growth at all or their athletic window because why would they? They definitely don't. But it's like, <laughs> yeah, it, that that's what they don't care about. And like, you might be right in the long term. And it might not hurt. And that's a question that that we were asked about, like the long-term growth of the sport. Like, Does it matter for them at all if these courses are inconsistent in terms of a company? Like, probably not. Like how many people are going to run these and be like, oh, this, this course was fast. And then everybody in the field knows it. And then they don't sign up the next year for it. Like I just, it does, it just doesn't matter to them for their bottom line. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and we see time and time again, that when a team chains themselves to someone long-term, they eventually get undercut by that contract. Not that this is the way our sport works, but signing someone to a 10-year deal has proven time and time again to Never be works. really, really bad. And like, if you look at the start of Hyrox, Lucas and MK were the face of Hyrox, and they pimped them out everywhere. They plastered their face across everything. They were the sport. And where's MK? 
Do you think that 90% of the people in Hyrax right now even remember her? No. And she was she was like the Amelia Boone yeah. of Hyrax. And now Meg and Lauren have just eradicated her from people's memories. And Hunter has erased Lucas from people's memories. Just like Frasier just replaced Fronian. Like it's it it doesn't matter to the sport because there'll always be someone new. We're not special or unique because there's someone else special and unique out there. And they're just going to keep finding that. So I don't think it matters to them to invest in someone. Like, do they care if Dylan ever makes a world podium? Definitely not. They don't. <laughs> Clearly Because not. there's there's a million people they can find with a similar story to Dylan, but a different twist. And they'll use him for a year or two and move to the next. And so they allow, like, they allow people to qualify for these races who run 1,500 meters as opposed to 1,600 meters. And <laughs> some of us are running 1,600 meters, others running 15, and they're like, so what? These athletes are interchangeable. It doesn't matter. There's but, no altitude conversion. And if they were to do something like that, you know how indoor track, uh, if you run it in like Albuquerque or Colorado or something, they have the little A for the adjustment. You can't do that because someone's going to get screwed and they're going to be like, hey, I ran this time. It's not my fault. You guys screwed up. They'll never oh, yeah. be able to just have, well, they a, have to a universal it. factor. It happens in running every year, though. Every year. A time is posted, everyone looks at and be like, man, I don't know about that. And then later on, it turns out like, yeah, that was suspect. Yeah. I watched it happen in college. I may have used this example on here, running public. I don't know. But when I was in college, we ran at University of Wisconsin, which is a powerhouse program. And they were trying to run a 3K indoor qualifier to get through to a qualifying mark for regionals or nationals or whatever it was going to be. And they re- uh, marked the track with cones out in lane three or four. And as they're doing this, I asked their coach, I'm like, what's what's going on? And he's like, you'll get it when you see our guys. These are big antelopes out here, big strides. You'll you'll understand when you see it. He was just what? cheating. Yeah. They ran their 3K qualifier in lane three or four indoor track to reduce the uh, the angle of the turn. And then they submitted that as a time. And they That's just did just it cheating. in front of like 14 teams. They just did that. And he was like, no, no, you'll get it. They just have, they have big strides. It's so much better. Like, yeah, it is, but you can't submit that. And stuff like that happens all the time in the oldest, most like metric based sport on earth. But that's cheating. <laughs> it is. That's did not you, like, do you, uh, do you report on the altitude conversions are cheating. Because if yeah. you and I go up to altitude, go, let's say we go to 7,000 feet and run a 5k. Our conversion should not be the same as someone who's born and raised and lives at 7,000 feet. It doesn't matter. The altitude conversion for an 800 meter is just flawed. It's wrong. But it works every single year to get people in. It's based on a conversion system that was made like 25 years ago and no one's bothered updating because they can't fix it because it's there's not a better version because it all sucks. I think a better I think a better analogy would be the 300 meter indoor tracks versus the 200 meter. That's a great one. Like Washington like, or something. Yeah, like everybody's flat. Yeah, like there, those are different courses. <laughs> that because are different courses. your speed better on a banked course, like, and it's arbitrary because a five foot two runner is going to use a bank track differently than six foot two, and it's mm -hmm. going to give them different return mm -hmm. on their energy. So, I guess my point is, uh, from all of these things, is that we're focused here, not here, and they're focused here, never here, yeah. and we'll always be at odds because of that. Right, and I think that they should at least hone in a little bit and be like, hmm, weird. I think <laughs> weird that this happened. But they just like, they're not doing anything about it. They they did make changes this year. 
You got it. They, they changed their qualifying system. We it's we did not, have an episode on that. It's a little better, but, but there are not. still flaws. But they were willing to do it. But it just sucks that 2024 is going to have the same exact thing happen before they make. They, they can't make changes this year. No, they won't. They they never will. Yeah. But Let's keep in up. mind, we have Spartan here who puts out a worse reduced version of obstacle course racing each year and tells us it's better. And we have Hyrox who puts out a different improved flawed version each year and said we're trying yeah like i will i will give them a lot of grace because they listened at the end of each season and tried something new rather than saying we listened here's what you asked for and hand us the exact opposite of what we asked for (laughs) yeah they're definitely better than spartan is about that and like we saw we talked about in the uh crystal ball episode like just seeing them improve a little bit gives us hope that they will continue to to show that type of improvement even with the coverage you know like that that's they are they are definitely trying they improve one, one week to the next really i also think it's worth reiterating that we haven't found a way to fix it yet like we have suggestions but none of our our someone asked a question. systems we've come in someone asked a question about it and i think that it's going to be a great question that the, we should get people, to that. but people if we at, can't come always up with ask the perfect qualifying what do we do with times and place why would we expect a company, a corporation, to to fix it if we don't even know how to? And this is all the, we care about. Hell to the tough understand. part is, it's like our suggestions. A lot of it involves head-to-head racing, and you will never get that because the people can't face each other due to the current structure that's in there. Yes, yes. Let's pull up the uh, let's pull up the elite fifteen currently because there are certainly some shakeups. Uh, on the men's side for sure. Look at your boy just sitting pretty. I'm wow. I'm still upset about this and I shouldn't be. I'm chill. So there are 11 autos already. 11 autos. 11 so autos. So four spots between Austria, DC, and the last chance qualifier. So you're going to have one from each one of those from DC. and one of them has two. That, that is unreal. For the listeners, let's clarify. What do you mean by autos? Auto to what? To every there, major. There are 15 P yeah, auto auto majors. You're right. Some people I, are gonna hear that and think worlds. Yeah, no, yeah. just in the majors. I, that, that's a good point. Yeah. I'm looking at the screen and it has 11 David Megita highlighted, meaning the remaining two majors and last chance qualifier. So th- the three biggest races besides world championship remaining, 11 of the 15 spots are already reserved if those athletes want to show up there on the men's side. Which I think is good. That there's more autos? Yeah. For consistency of field and getting people to the races, I think it's already proven to be good for the narrative. And that's what it's they It's not good for entering the sport. No. But at least then you have the last chance this. qualifier. At least that's an, like, yep. if I'm, yeah, if I'm Dylan Scott, I'm, who's 25th now, it's like cross your fingers, hope for a roll down. Hope but, you can race in your own country the two, but, one of two times that you're allowed to. And then, but just be like, I'm not going to count on it. I'm putting all my eggs in the Anaheim basket. Because right now there are, I think, five people qualified for Worlds. I believe that's what there is. So like, there could be more yeah. spots. So they're, look, they're, look at the, the women's side. One, two, three are. I th- uh, have a different tab I haven't looked at. Oh, okay. So it looks like there are six. Six men, men five side. women. Yeah. Because you had repeat for the women in Stockholm. So that probably prevented the roll down from happening. And say two more people qualify at the, at the next two, right? For the men. 
That'll put us up to 10 people qualified. So it's five spots remaining and no, two be, last chance qualifiers. Oh, oh two, two each. Okay, yeah. Two each. Like say, that. yeah, like say Ryan Kent, uh, Ryan Kent, um, Bronco, and Mike Sandbatch are all in the top five at Vienna. That would leave two remaining spots to be open. But if Bo is in the top five as well, that would only be one spot to roll down to get. Um, the so athletes could control the narrative. You guys could all get together and say, as soon as you have a qualifier, don't show up to any more majors. Let's get three qualifiers at every major. That's the only, those are the only races to pay. And that's yeah. the problem. That's the only way to make yeah. money in the sport. So it's not so people so, would have to be selfless. And that didn't happen. So there could be up to, yeah, so say two. So there could be two spots at the last chance qualifier that's going to be in Germany, I believe. And then three spots for the one in Anaheim, which is like pretty good. That's like yeah. not bad. If you told all these athletes, hey, you're going to have one race and you're going to have a, you're going to have three spots available and all you have to really do is face your countrymen, people are going to take those odds. There is so much less parity on the women's side at, between like mm -hmm. three and 20 that like there might be 10 spots remaining. <laughs> like this could be the top five at the remainder of the majors. Maybe that fifth only, spot. Yeah, because yeah. you, you only have a roll down up to fifth place, and those are probably going to be them, at least four of them, most of those races. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you look at the, two, the fifth spot. Right? One, yeah, there's going to be like one spot at each race where yeah. someone like Camilla Vivian could certainly beat Rebecca Mason in a race like that. But yeah. then the rest, it's like, they're going to be racing last chance qualifier. Camilla is just going to keep getting better unless, right. I mean, barring injury or burnout, we don't know what she's feeling Her like or what like, it's looking yeah. like right now, but barring that she is trending in the right direction. She'll be good. She should, she, I think she, she should be able she mean, she beat Rebecca Mason in Chicago after falling and breaking her finger. Yeah. So she has a really good shot in Vienna. I think Lauren Griffith's getting overlooked also. Yeah. She's crushing her times are, just improving like crazy. But uh, yep. so let's see who got bumped. So Viola. Viola got bumped because of Jennifer Nicholas. He had Jezebel still on the outside after and a Chris. three minute. Yeah. But, and Chris, yeah, she must have been 16 before this. This is the furthest Jezebel's ever been out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With like she's a three minute 15. PR. Like I said, she's always 15 or 16, like right on there. Yeah. The yeah, seven seconds is like an eternity for her at this point in the sport. Yeah, the time and it's crazy because like fast. if if we look at track and field, you you might have a you know a ten point oh seven versus ten point oh four separating who gets into the uh, Olympic trials. That's like you know hundreds of a second. We're talking full seconds here, but it is a pretty big margin realistically. Yeah, but if you look at ha elite half marathons, especially yeah. on the women's side, this is about what it looks like. Yeah, you're you're. Maybe even further the distance spread. a ton. Yep. So let's take a look at the men's side. Uh, getting bumped out of the Elite 15 are Graham Holiday and Jonathan Wynn. So and those are two athletes who finished fifth and sixth at Worlds last year. Worlds, yeah. And 56, 58, not right now. Right. That's yeah, crazy. That's <laughs> dumb. The uh, one thing with <laughs> this is. <laughs> That's not going to be the last time sub 57. I, I bet by the end of the year, you might even have like 20th place be sub 57. Get a Can you imagine our crystal ball predictions at the beginning of the year? Yeah. If we had said, hey, I bet 56 doesn't get in. 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> you got to be. I mean, with these courses, I've been like, maybe. I mean, this shit is so stupid. And with the new, yeah. the new sleds coming through, who knows? But, but Magida has a fifty nine eleven. He can get it. I I know it's like, you yeah. Know, I'm, I'm gonna be last it. seat again. I'll be freaking. Yeah. Oh, last seat for forever. That works out. You want that? Yeah, it's fine. It's good value during the draft. But that's the other thing with this current system that now the the times that you run apparently are good for life. You are you just have that time. They can get you into any race for the rest of your freaking life. So if you catch a good course, you're in. Don't worry about it. Then don't don't even have to show up. Don't have to prove for it life? for another. It's been ten months <laughs> these times that have been run. It's insane. Like how long do people get to have these times? To prove that they deserve to be in these elite 15 races like when does it yeah. when is it like uh maybe not maybe they maybe they need to do it again and i know we've harped on this before but if you have your big q i'd almost rather have them remove the number because you've got rylan ranked number one with his big q his 55 46 in a race that he lost to kent <laughs> or kent's showing a three minute slower time than Rylan ran, even though Kent ran three minutes faster in the same than his time in the same race as Rylan. But it's like, how do you seed that now? Not you the seeding the matters, side? but like if if we use numbers and numbers do matter, and and one through ten lists matter to people who look at it and it means something. This means nothing. Nothing. No. Yeah, it, lo it looks like they just don't know how to use a, a, a sort function because on the women's side, second seed is Michaela, who got fifth in Stockholm. I thought she was right. This oh. is from this is from last year, though. The elite thirty that I was looking at like, that this you is... had up earlier. Again, oh, it's yeah. no benefit to the athlete. It just clouds the water in an already yeah. slightly confusing sport. You're right. Like the, the, let's the, just remove the time. This might be, but they won't change. Yeah, let's just remove the time. We're fourth place, not fifth. Yeah. So, to me now, what we need is some sort of power ranking, right? Jack, a lot of people have been asking us. A lot of people. A lot of people are asking us, how would you create a power ranking for High Rocks to account for these courses and for like strength of schedule? How how could that happen? How could we do this? Are you talking a multi-panel voting? Because that's going to no. have a little bit of bias there as well. No, like your nerdy people... ass spreadsheet shit. Nerd, yeah. On it, honestly, Jack, in, a, help me. in a in a <laughs> sport like this, the, the reason I think that it works when I when I was doing it in Spartan is because it doesn't matter if you run two and a half hours or three hours at the Tahoe, for instance, to win a world championship. Everybody has the same course that day, so I am a firm believer that head to head matchups is what matters. And if if you're only going to allow 15 people to race, I think what they should do is have at least a second course on that grid system the fast course later that day for the people who are just out there so you can actually compare apples to apples just do it right after don't do it at 6 p.m and have to resort stuff again but you need to be able to compare head-to-head -head style matchups at each of these venues that's the only way that it's going to work time just won't work well the way when i'm thinking of this power ranking system so we do need to get rid of time, right? For the world championship qualifiers, there needs to be a way to race yourself into it. But they want, like how Bracken was saying before, they want the narrative, they want the story building, they want these athletes at major championships. So the way to do that and eliminate time would be from some sort of ranking. And you've ranked yeah. things that are, the time doesn't matter. The head-to-head -head yeah. 
the strength of schedule type of deal. Like, can we do that here? Oh yeah, bracket set it percent of winner. I think percent of um, winner actually uh, matters here. You, percent you of can, winner, exactly. this is it. Exactly. Yeah, first time I've say, ever said that. Oh my god, I, Jack! If, what is if this? You, hundred episodes? I if, think we're at. Uh, easily, it, but you can compare what like a fifty-six versus a fifty-eight. If you're taking the same ratio relative to the winner, you're still getting your percent of winner. That that's all it is. It's just your time relative to the fastest time that day, and that gives you percent of winner. So if you have a respectable time or a proven time, something like that, and you have your percent of winner, that's a pretty easy way to do it. But what I also think that they could do um, for, and we're deciding we're going to keep like 15 people make a world. Is that kind of what you're, no, I think it's a different, I think it's a different thing. I think that they need, there needs to be a way to race yourself in. So like there's two regionals, whatever in the, in each region, move yourself into regional championship. Mm-hmm. Take X amount of people out from from the championships, but they want these showcases. They want these majors. They want to put these things on grids and televise them. But it doesn't make sense yeah. to make those be the qualifiers because it's just not fair. And there's not enough. I room. still. So to I get still the college basketball system, you have a power ranking, but you can also play your way in through your conference tournament. Yeah. So the power ranking would be who gets into the majors. CrossFit's doing something yeah. similar like this, like uh, we're taking the past two seasons. Yeah. I'm doing it first, me. Go and for then. It. They're really not using it now because there is a w- obvious way to make your way to the games. But down the road, I think it's going to be like, all right, you're the fifth ranked person in the world based off your performance the past two years. You don't have to do the CrossFit Open or semis or uh, yeah. quarters. Like you're going to make it through. You're good enough. You don't have to waste your time. Where for High Rocks, I think that's, that's where they can make these majors. Or how do they do it for um, track and field? For like, a 1500 in a diamond league. Like there's a like, world ranking. Yeah. Right. And that's how they kind of, that's in, off the IAF scoring tables. I thought, right. I don't believe so. Oh, I, I thought that they have that for many events, but okay. Maybe, maybe it's a different system that I'm used to. It, it, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. You hear, you no, I, I get what you're saying. I, I think the, uh, the other thing that I think is tough with the ratio way in they don't allow athletes from their own country to get a chance to race their way in. And I think that that's part of the issue. And like, we can look at it from the American side. We can look at it from the European side. It's like, I'm sure there are a couple athletes in Europe who are just missing out. And it's like, why I'm so sick of Meg and Lauren just coming over and winning European based races. And it's because of the way that the prize structure is set out. I think that you can create a ranking system for athletes within your same country. And we've got two in the U S Anybody from the U.S. you want to race there, and you're in the top thirty of you know our rankings, whatever we decided to be, you should be allowed to do it. But it just it's such a preventative way of letting people race the way that it's set up right now. Totally, totally. So the track and field they do have a ranking system based off points. Jackie, could you make this for us? What the heck? I could, but some work and what are the odds that it would get implemented very little just give us more fuel to just fire off okay i think the best of both worlds is that you race your way in through the opens or the majors or whatever you want to call it but there need to be a few record eligible courses out there Uh i think that that preserves the integrity of high rocks having a world record which i do believe is important in a race you either have to have crossfit style which does not care no one remembers what Froning scored. Mm-hmm. They don't. They might remember his Murph time. 
or they might remember his Helen time, but they don't remember his score mm-hmm. or anything. They just know he won. And in our sport, they want time. So we should have some record eligible courses. And, and there, there would need to be some standards for that. And I think you would have to do it like an optimized mile, deca mile, where it is literally just a zone that leads right out, like that you can replicate in any venue. It is a two and a half lap venue. And it has to have Every a zone set up just like this. And for it to be a record eligible course, it has to be a venue that is at least 120 feet by 340 feet. It must be a I don't rectangle. like the at least. I like exactly not. Well, at it's least. bare minimum. Like if you if you don't have this footprint, you cannot host a record eligible event here. You can mm-hmm. host an event. Mm-hmm. We can do 14 laps to the mile. We can do it short track speed skating all we want, but it's not record eligible. Mm-hmm. But you it can, can call, yeah. right. help your power ranking, sure. So yeah. if every country just had one record eligible course, that would be enough to satisfy that. Like, hey, I'm going to go after a record. Rich wants to hear you announce it, announce it, go after it. But mm-hmm. it keeps the racing your way in still the m- most important thing to the athletes. We we sort of already talked about it with the baseball thing where it's like, oh yeah, no wonder why you hit 50 home runs because you have a, a short right field or something. But they have stats like that where like OPS plus on base plus slugging percentage where it adjusts to the league average and it adjusts to do you have a favorable ballpark or a pitcher's ballpark where you're going to have less offense as a result of the dimensions of the field. And I feel like this is a dimension-based sport as well, where mm-hmm. maybe you could just look at, hey, this was a hundred and this was 10% faster course across a whole. We have all the open heats, we have all the the fast heats, even if you just want to only look at the the fast times, because they're the only ones or age group as well, because they're trying to qualify for worlds. But if you look at every result that could make worlds or is in a heat that's trying to qualify for worlds potentially, you could make an adjustment factor there across the season and then apply it there. That that might be how I would do it. That's a great idea. And like having it be like the, like you mentioned, the average of the field, like, yeah, you can take Tomas's time and then average it across the top 30 or whatever. Exactly. And it's "Eh." probably going to come out to pretty even, but it's like, Hey, this really fast course, guess what? The other heats ran relatively average. So they were just fast today and you just accept it for what it is. And it would take this out of it because it sucks. (laughs) That's what we need. Right now we have a negative reaction a visceral negative yep. reaction to fast times like hunter runs a world record and we're like oh what was that course like rather than be like holy crap the exactly. marathon world record got broken no one ever asks about the marathon course because there's yeah. enough standardization well, if it's in like boston it's like oh it's downhill usually usually it's like well but it doesn't get to the course it's probably the the blood yeah. inside of the person that is <laughs> the, the yeah. only conversation you ever hear is it was a great wind shoes. or it was perfect running weather or the shoes yeah but it, everyone has whatever. access to those yeah at this point it doesn't matter as much and that's what we want in the sport i don't want i i want to celebrate lucas in his 40s running a 56 i don't want to look at him and be like yeah but what does it mean Right. Like, oh man, dude to ran 62. Record eligible course. Know. He ran a 56. That's fantastic. Yes. Or he won on a record on a record ineligible course. He won. That's so cool. I, I want to take out the negative reaction to good performances because it's and I, I hate this using this word lightly, but it's it's kind of like a, a toxic conversation mm. for the sport mm. to do that. No, I do agree. you guys remember. Do you remember how excited you would get? It's just like, oh my God, did you hear this kid at this other school ran a 427 in the 1600? Like back in high school track, you'd, you'd just get pumped and you knew that it was real because it's a standard 400 meter track anywhere yeah. that you go. 
That's just what it is. You believe the times. Just make a standard course and we will believe you. Like performance don't have center. It. That all, yeah, all you need to do. Yancey figured it out very easily. Like identical courses every single time. They can do the same exact thing. Do you, you saw how big and long the uh, High Rock Chicago course was? That's just a different layout, but they left like part of the venue empty. You can do the same. You can do the same exact thing anywhere if you really try. Yeah, and all it means is you have to find a rectangle, a standard dimension yep. rectangle, and the layout must be the same, which is not difficult to do. You set because a minimum size. Because... do it every weekend yeah. across the nation. They have the way they put out their booths and where the rides sit and the relationship with how far it has to be between it. At these carnivals, they do it over and over and over at all these fairgrounds. And I love <laughs> games. I love games. the working class of America, but we're not special. <laughs> if we can do it at carnivals, High Rocks can do it with German engineering. <laughs> even Rocky if for president even if they just <laughs> if they announce it like the day before and they're like this, we've done this we've, we've seen the layout it's big enough it works this is a world record eligible course and then mm -hmm. so at least we can yeah. look at it and be like okay cool not, not so they have to like so people can go after world records whatever maybe eventually and they could do it at year after year if it's the same place and it'll just be known but you could do it like yeah the day before yeah, it's not I, the same way triathlon does wetsuit legal. You wake up and you're like, "Hey, it's 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 a wetsuit legal today, cold. or it's not," and it changes things, and everyone just accepts it. it ha two things have to happen. First of all, the the standardization needs to come from someone that the industry respects as infallible. It can't be one of the high rocks execs saying we've decided this is this course is. No, you have to have your independent course measure, and that's mm -hmm. fine. Like it could be Jack. It could yeah. be Tobias, like someone yeah. that the industry would just look at and be like, I trust that face. He knows about traffic and stuff. And then yeah, it would what? have to be proven like two or three times where they do a walkthrough and show and like, here are our calculations, here how it, here's how it happened, and here's why this is a trustworthy process. And then from then on out, anytime it gets the rubber stamp, people don't do anything other than get excited. You have to think about like other courses, whatever they're showing the Tahoe preview or any a golden series trail race, they're always showing like the map and they have like the, the GPS file with the red line showing where you're going to go. Maybe they could just do a fast forwarded view of the wheel and be like, hey, see, it's proof. It's exactly 400 meters point to point. Something Imperial like that. metric. We don't care. Yeah. Don't matter. Yeah. And, and Rich, you mentioned traffic. They actually have, say you want to build like a roundabout and you don't have enough room Round on yeah around a boot um and you don't have enough room on every side because the right away because someone else owns that land they have templates where basically you can plop this thing and it's like hey it's going over the edge of the right away line i didn't mean that i didn't, mean, down. Wow. I didn't mean that i didn't I mean to hate it i was gonna say and if if it fits okay you you know right away this template is gonna work and you can create one of those for high rocks it's like hey we have this rectangle does it fit sweet we could that's our man May, you must maybe acquit. the maybe the merchandise booth has to be a little outside instead of in the middle this time to make it work or you know you can yeah. shift some some pieces around but at least get the running zone because that's what people are there to, to do all right i like that that's simple also i do think there needs to be clarity from high rocks through an infallible source of the way they calculate rock zone plus run equals blank <laughs> Right, because we have Rich's like, rumor, we have a couple other people, their theories, but at, like at this point in the process, we just need to clear that out and have it very. The runs are 
900 to 1000 the rock zone make up the difference this is what it, it just needs to change it needs to change every lap 80, will be 8700 meters total that's all that they care about at the end that's what they're hoping for i believe but however right. you get there how many Ho- turns hoping isn't right but hoping for i believe isn't trustworthy it's <laughs> not like we just need to know yeah. and and for all the other courses we need to know what that formula is yeah 8700 meters combined or record eligible it, it just feels like sometimes you, if you're going to like a sandwich shop or something and you order a large and you get a small, you're like, what the heck? Like, and you're, you're expecting to get a fast course. And it's like, but I didn't, what the heck? Or I went to Spain. I, I, I got, I got that. You went to the wrong. I was looking for a foot long. Hoagie. I got a six inch freaking sub. Yeah. Sucked. Last thing. Screwed. I think it's time to build a, uh, just a walkway over the course. Oh build, yeah. Build the walk. Oh yeah. That's cheap. Yeah. It, it's, it's time to stop playing red light, green light. No, for sure. Because humans are inherently idiots. People, so that's going to happen in an elite race. And we're going to hear about it. Someone gets gets whacked. What yeah. if you have a wheelchair? I mean, I don't question. know. You still probably you can't get be there. expected to dodge spectators. Do you know how and, big and that they, ramp would have to be? It's it's not happening, bro. I, I do like design bing, bing. and stuff. It's not Over, happening. Steps down. Bing, bing. Steps. Okay. Yeah. Why not? What is it? What is steps, the problem here? Steps Jack? for a wheelchair. No, from the wheelchair side, they'll figure out a different option for that. But for like the general people to get from outside okay. of the the Hyrox course across the run pathway into like the spectator area, if they can shut down carnival people, if they can shut down New York City, Berlin, Chicago, L.A. for a marathon, if they can do that, we can find a way to let runners run three to 400 meter laps without anyone dashing across traffic. Right. <laughs> all right. Rich, what's the next question? Well, quick, people quick. are always asking about who, uh, I got the, the track and field world rankings up. Who do you think was the top yeah. male athlete across all disciplines? And they're ranking across disciplines too. So it's just perfect. Whatever they're doing. Mm, Ryan Krauser. Close. He was second. Wow. Uh, Indian jab thrower. Oh yeah, with the mo- with the in- with the Instagram followers, I don't think they I don't think that works into uh, ah doesn't the you use it across here. all platforms. That's true. I did not designate. Yeah, that's all. All oh Carson Carson Warholm probably. He's way down. He's fifth, yeah. not way down. Really? Um, think is it think someone think, obvious like Noah Lyles. Uh, he's third. Think goofier, goofier than that. Povalt then it was got to be uh Mondo. Oh, Armando yeah. Pontus. Yep. Yeah. Dupontis Krauser. Lyles, Jakob, and then uh, Kirsten. Yeah. We do we do pretty well. How about on the women's side? Mm, uh, Faith kept you gone. She broke so many world records. Nailed it. Nice job. I was yeah. going to tell you not to overthink it, but you yeah. nailed it. Yeah, she won everything. Yeah. Two? Um, Frazier Price? No, I don't think she had a I don't, great year. I don't think Same so. Same country. Uh... Man, what's her, what's her, um, Sharika Jackson? Nice, oh, dude. Yeah. Sharika Jackson, too. Not same country. Kelly and Fraser, they're both Jamaican. Who did you say, Jack? Sharika, Sharika Jackson. Jackson. Shelly and Fraser Price? Gotcha. I they're on the Shikari. same four by one. Oh, no, no, no. no. Shikari's Sharika, fourth. Shikari, I guess, I guess that's similar, yeah. Shikari got his fourth. Third? Guessing that high jumper. Sifan Hassan. No, 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 no. Uh, uh, what's the... She set the 5K and the 10K. Um, Rudolf Sagay? Yeah, she's Sagay. Fifth. Okay. 
Third was someone who wouldn't have been third if it wasn't for an injury in within her sp- specific event. Um, then it would be Femke Bull. Femke Bull. Nice oh, guy. Yeah. Dude, you guys are so good. Sydney, yeah. yeah we, you guys we are so good. Stuff. All right. All right. Everyone's always asking us, if you had to pick one shoe for Decca <laughs> and High Rocks, what would it be? I'm signing Ooh. off. We got two minutes to answer this. I was going to say, I'm starting a clock. You guys are not taking up the rest of this episode with this question. One shoe. You can answer two, Jack. Thinking Topo. Topo. The Topo flat foot. And, Supreme. And I'm assuming we have to choose one that will work in any condition on any course. Yes. One safe shoe. You have enough, you have you have budget enough for any shoe, but not for multiple shoes. However, that works. One shoe that I will just take on anything, no matter what, it's probably Endorphin Pro 3. Yeah. Endorphin Pro 3. That's what I was gonna say. I don't love it. It's yeah. not that exciting to me. It's like okay for both. It would be the sky. But it's just the torque tank sometimes. Mm. Like Riker had issues with it. Mm. I'd worry about that on some carpets too. I, I've never, I've yet to wear it, but I would worry about it. Yeah. My answer yeah. is listen to a couple of weeks ago if you want to know which shoe is the best. The Topo. What is what? What's one model of Topo that we could bring up? BK Topo's, got some. Uh, yeah, Spectre Two. Uh, Magnafly. The Topo um, Magnafly is last. No, this list uh, here. I, I think the Ultra. What, what's it? Start to the P. I can't even remember what it is. All right, Jack. Point, you're the Chris the wore. Ultra Pointless. You're kicked off. <laughs> no. You're out of here. I would That's say the Chris the, won once you won a Worlds. I would say the Puma Nitro Deviate Regular Two. Regular, yeah. Safe bet. If Again, it has flashy. at least four or five different delineators in the name, you're good. Just go with that. Well, four is good. Five is too pointy. Two pointy. Uh, single okay. use. You yeah. must have a rectangle. You can't have a pentagon. All right, Jack. This one was coming from you. People, people always seem to be asking you, "What's the best bang for your buck when it comes to sunscreen, and how much sunscreen. SPF is too much SPF?" Oof, oof. Honestly, if you look at a lot, I, I would say Sun Bomb is my favorite in terms of smell plus effectiveness. But if you're like going cheap, just go to Kroger. A lot of the ingredients for the store brand have the same exact percent, like uh, for all the all the ingredients in there. Um, what are the ingredients we're looking the, for? What if you don't have Kroger? Kroger is the same as a lot of different brands. Like it, it's a national chain that, that goes by many different names. So just it, listen, you act- listen to the shoe, the shoe episode. We need that level of clarity. Well, King Supers, King Supers. Is, offers Kroger brand stuff. That's what I'm okay. getting at. There are, don't have there are a either. lot of, I, I can't go on the 30 different sub names of, uh, of Kroger, but anyway, yeah, a lot of times store brand is going to be equivalent to it and you get more bang for your buck. Um, I, if you've got a beard, I usually use the, uh, you know, face special kind, Neutrogena. Um, mm-hmm. They have a sports edition one that one's pretty good. And uh, I, I don't use the mineral sunscreen most of the time unless I'm like at the beach. Lotion or spray? Well, I was going to say I, I do the the rub on my face and then I'll spray the beard. And if I'm oh. in a rush, I'll, I'll spray. But in or if I'm going to be using it like 20 different times, like in Dubai, I'm not putting on sunscreen every single time. If I have a race, same exact deal. I'm not going to be rubbing it on my hands. One thing about races, though, if you have like a fanny pack, they offer a sunscreen stick. So if you're like in the middle of your race, just it's like chapstick. You just just literally paint it on you, basically. And that offers a lot of protection because if you're going in and out of the water and it's like a beast, 
you're out there for a couple, two, three hours, maybe even longer. If you're not running as fast, that's a very helpful tip. I got that sun bum stick. It got stuck with it twice. I was just like in a place where I just needed sunscreen and the place where I was, they knew I needed it. I was like a little tiny yeah. stick was like 14 bucks. I was like, God, oh, it smell nice though. That smell nice. Yeah. Sun bum's really good. What about the SPF situation? More than 50? Does it matter? Uh, I, I generally go 50 to 70. Seven. Um, yeah, but I have special, special needs. Who are special needs when it comes to this? Yeah. Okay, I was going to say, should I finish the sentence? You guys are going to, where do you, where do you, draw, where do you draw a line on, on SPF BK? I don't know. I don't think you, I think you got to be looking for more than 70 to find it. So I just, I, I 50 is what I, I typically live in. You go 50. What do you do on the top of your head? Cause that is something Hat. that I would be very nervous about. Hat. Yeah. I, that's exactly. how I run in. I ran in hats never in my life until this occurred. Are you fitted hat or do you have the, the little semicircle sticking out the back? That's the, the problem. Straps? So the semi, I, I wear it backwards to keep the flies off my neck in the Midwest. That's a real problem. But now problem. you've got the semicircle on your forehead. So you get the crescent moon. I, I have that a lot, but then I'll spray my forehead and then put okay. the hat on. But recently what I had my mom do was I had a uh, an old singlet that the mesh matched my hat and I cut a piece off and had her sew it over the crescent. Ah, <laughs> oh, there we go. You don't go bucket? I mean, uh, I would, but at, at some point they get, oh, buckets I, th I don't thought you had a great... physical, like a Home Depot bucket, <laughs> on, on, bucket on your head. Spartan, I'm sure Spartan someone up. will write in because everyone's always asking me about this, but <laughs> the ventilation on bucket hats traditionally aren't very good. Oh, is and that I, right? Wearing a hat is just hot unless you're constantly wetting the hat. So, yes. That, that's the key. Oftentimes, uphill, I'm switching it forward, and then I turn around, and the sun's at my back. I switch the hat backwards. Okay. It's a, it's a whole yeah. process, and it's not perfected. People a bucket are, hat would, with great ventilation, a Boko bucket hat would be my jam. I still wear my over oversized mud run guide hat on a lot of trail runs. Um, the problem is going downhill, that thing just like just flops up, so I'll put it backwards on downhills as well. Yeah. All right. I got, a lot, of people, I got a lot of people asking us. <clears throat> A lot, a lot of stuff going on in Spartan this year. What's going to be the most prestigious OCR title in 2024? Mm. I think, Rich, what do you think? Uh, none of them. None of I them. think the first one, the first title to be handed out this year is the one I'll trust the most because we don't know if the others will happen and we can't guarantee it will beat the Tough Mudder 8-hour Infinity Saudi Arabia Ooh. crown. Are we calling this a world championship as well? We I don't think it it's a world championship, championship no. but it's a no. crown of some sort, and it might be the most prestigious you can, deep field of the year. You can buy yourself a crown after a, the, that, that payday. The weird thing is, this feels very much like the early days of Killington, where it it's just a race that's longer than most people, what they're used to. VJ has done like a handful of beasts. He's doing a team. He's going to be running for at least four hours. He's going to be getting 50K, probably. Uh, yeah, a lot of people are going to be going into uncharted territory. Leon, we saw he had a breakthrough in the 15K. He's never really done that. I, I thought I saw Esther posting that she's doing it. I don't think she's ever done an ultra beast. Like there, there are a lot of athletes who are going to be out of their element. And I think we're going to see some blowups personally. I just had a conversation with someone this weekend about this, that this eight hour distance, because it's reduced down from 24 Sounds very raceable and fast to a lot of people. And it is fast. In the ultra world right now, eight hours is fast. But once you get past four hours, between four and six, so much can go wrong that six to eight is an entire race of its own. Unrecoverable. Like watching this is going to be fantastic because no matter what's happening, 
something else could currently like be in the process of changing. You watch Tahoe and you pretty much know by the time they get to the top of the mountain, we've got our top 10. Like they may shift a few spots inside. That is not going to be the case here. Someone might run away from the beginning and never come back, or they might always be one like 10 minute section of time away from totally imploding and just not even finishing the race. It's going to be fascinating. Rich, Rich, you, you had an experience in your ultra didn't lap one first, first the beast basically went okay. And then no, ultra, I was miserable the whole time. I didn't, yeah, yeah, time. No, okay. I didn't really fall apart that bad there. I just was like, this sucks really bad and I, and I hate it and I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like, people do talk about how it's going to be short eight hours. That's not like, not that's short. not very short. This Four hours little. would have been my like, Ooh, this is, this is going to really, really hurt. It's still going to hurt a ton. 50 case like plenty. You, yeah. yeah. I like the eight hour meeting ground for these athletes because it's long enough. You mm. have to have a strategy other than just Fit. high end, just over aerobic capacity the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. That, it's, it's too long for that. And the obstacles will actually add up and matter. So the race will go out hot and that's the beauty of it. It's short enough that the kunkels of the world are going to ensure that it's going to go out because they look at it and say, I can run fast this entire time. And that's going to make the race fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. If, if we're to answer the question, though, specifically Spartan, um, I think since no, no, it's going to be... No, it doesn't have to be specifically Spartan. Any OCR. Okay. All right. Well, you can, you I, can I was go thinking, specifically Spartan. People are asking less. They're still asking. The most anticipated race by far, yes, I would say Tough Mudder, given who's showing up. Like, if you assemble that field in any other race, this this is a stacked field. Um, and And it's going to be exciting because of the blowups that are going to happen because people aren't used to that. And we'll see, you know, a, a potential DJ Fox scenario where it's like, I didn't expect them to be good for eight hours. And, you know, she ends up third place in the podium and we're expecting Chris to run away with it type of situation. Like I could see some weird stuff happening because it's not 24 hours. We, we saw mm-hmm. our world stuff as mother a couple of years ago, Elmer King leading for what? 12, 13 hours. We're like, Holy crap. A bit. It's got like 70 something miles already. And who knows? Maybe if, if he shows up to a race like this, it'd be just the right time domain. Um, but in my opinion, trifecta world championship, it's going to be super exciting. You already heard VJ. He mentioned he wants to do that on, mm-hmm. on mass podcast. Um, it's the fifth year that they've been running it. You know what you're getting yourself into. Most of the finishing times are in that three thirty to three forty five time frame for the men and the low four teens or so for the top women. So you kind of know what you're going to get. It's going to be sprint, then super, then beast. You have the staggered start time. They offer, I think, 5000 bucks for first place. Everyone from Europe shows up there. You have a decent contingent like Ryland has gotten the past couple of years. We saw Atkins do it a few years ago. You saw Woods, Aaron, Killian. You, you've seen Chris Brown. Um, you've seen people willing to travel over there. And I think that once you start hearing a few more names wanting to do it, it's going to be very, very exciting. I think I, think I agree top. with that. I think yeah, I think agree. So? I think I think I like the trifecta. We'll see about FISO. I think FISO could take a step forward, but I think out of Spartan, the Ultra World Championship will be better. Yeah. And that's a 50K. Yeah, because it's going to take everyone from Tough Mudder Infinity and move them into the same race. I wanted to see Chris Brown run, but he's he and Tyler are doing a team, which is a fascinating yeah. team. Right? Oh, yeah. That'd be it's great if they were individual. I mean, like that's just like, they're just looking for some cake, like going out. Which is great. Out. I support that. Ten stacks the people, per person. The people doing teams, doubles, quads, 
they're all going to be in the same race in Morzine. And that is a distance that people can hammer the whole time. They still will yeah. blow up. But it's it's a much different race. I think it's going to be every bit as competitive as Tough Mudder eight hour. I because they're not a little, as spread out. I'm a little concerned because I looked at the prize money for um Morzine this year and it's only three thousand, two thousand, fifteen hundred, seven fifty, and five hundred. They only mm-hmm. pay top five and three thousand is first. I thought it was going to be a little bit higher because previously at Ultra World Championships, um, like is that what the post Iceland, said? St- yeah, they did. Um, and I, I went on Zendesk also and saw that. And wow, yeah, you, you had six thousand to eight thousand for first place for twenty four hours. Granted, at uh, Iceland, Telluride, Sweden. I just don't know if it. You, you, I think it's going to be a very deep European race, and you. Having talked to like Johnny Lunalima and Cole Schwartz and some other athletes from not just the U.S. but who have oh, raced man. in Morzine, that's like Ugh. the the best venue. I, yeah, I think it's worth fifteen grand to total. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I misread that in thirty. For I thought trifecta. it was fifteen thousand for the first for too. Yeah. What's going? What's trifecta's payout then? It's just double um, that probably. It's thirty trifecta, grand total. Oh. Yeah. The the. The past two years for trifecta has been 5,000, 3,000, 2,000, 1,500, and 1,000 based on your cumulative three times. So this year, what was the payout for short course world championship? Like Roughly 20, 20 2015, 10. And what was the beast? <laughs> like 1,500, 1,500. It was. Yeah. And now race. short course world championships to race split it. They split 100 grand and the beast will be 105. So, so the saw, Beast is going to be their premier championship premier based, event, around, yeah. based around the money. Yeah. yeah. So if we if we look at the uh, the Beast last year, or uh, sorry, not, not the Beast, um, you had 115,000 offered in 2022 when it was a super, and 115,000 offered total when it was a Beast. I think it's going to be very similar prize money to 2021 and 2022 when they paid 10 deep first was 20,000 second was 15,000 they might make like a few adjustments there but the 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 pot you're looking in in that 15 to 20,000 for first place and at least 3,000 for probably top five to six uh if it's similar to what they've had in the past so that's good Mm -hmm. and that's going to be Abu Dhabi do we know that's what it said okay Okay. That uh, on the so there's gonna be um, three there's gonna be three world championship races in correct. Abu Dhabi that all have like uh no three no I don't I don't believe so Beast Abu Dhabi okay short course two races undisclosed location Jack's done oh thanks for the thumbs up I appreciate your support yeah. Jack's oh, done what? some where's research. mine yeah no I I did the research give me the thumbs up but anyway go ahead Bragan I perused Jack's research and I'm gonna claim it as my own nice. Oh. As we okay. all I think do. we know where it's going to be, and it won't be Abu Dhabi. And they've already said it's going to be Europe, right? Yeah, there, there was so basically. I'll According to my research, right you you can see Spartan Race World Championship, and it specifically next to the B says hosted by Abu Dhabi Sports Council. Does not say that for the short format World Championship. And then there's another one on Spartan's website and said coming soon, Spartan's first standalone short format World Championships. And then blah, blah, uh, this scenic European location, blah, blah, mark your calendar for October 11th through 13th. So it looks like second week of October in Europe is when the short format 
world championships with the plural S on it with a hundred thousand prize purse will be maybe a sprint, maybe a three K it's either sprint three K or three K hundred right? or hundred. The way that we keep it out here yeah. is the way that we like our obstacle races. Why not a sprint and a four hundred? Let's just do a four hundred. That seems like a better. What was the what was the thing that you were the world champion? BK. That was like probably a three hundred. Prelims of prelims of five hundred. Finals of seven to eight. That seems like what we need. You took down Kimmy Wignell. Touch all those monkey bars. Yeah, different one. That was just. I thought it was. I thought it was Ohio. There was one. There was. Yeah. That was no the rules OCR warrior. You didn't have to touch yeah. them all. That, that was wild card. Yeah. That's not a world championship. Yeah. But, but basically, but it's going to yeah. be on my LinkedIn. Hell yeah. He's very important website for you. Uh, a lot of people checking that. <laughs> I do a but, lot of work through LinkedIn. Yeah. But but what I did is, and I might be wrong, it could end up being a venue that we're just not aware of, but I went through every single race that has taken place in Europe in October over the past five years. Because usually you look at the calendar, you know, like Fenway Park's going to be first or second week in mm-hmm. November in the year. Like every every single, even around the world, they have very consistent one year apart type of deals. And last year in Madrid, the second week of May, they hosted the 3K European Championship. Mm. That could make sense. I know Rich is a fan. Never of going Spain. back. The can't um, go. <laughs> yeah, it, but there, there's another one, uh, Zandvoort in the Netherlands. Probably pronounced that wrong, but that's held nationals uh, national series for uh, for them in the past the past few years. Gregory Rosilico's race there, and like it, that's a pretty cool venue, pretty scenic. Um, so oh, like those a, would be, those would be my, like a like a real American there, Jack Zandvoort, Zandvoort, Zandvoort. Zendfort, yeah. Um, Zendesk. Zendesk. Yeah, Zendesk. <laughs> maybe it's hosted Zendesk. at the Zendesk. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be tough to find. It's a virtual race. race. It's a scene. They want to make it. Bring yeah. the virtual but races back. I I wouldn't place money on it, but my gut is telling me it's probably one of those two locations. I think since it's a short format, I would love to see a separate sprint and a separate super world championship. Those are the three standard. You have your beast already. That'd be great. Maybe a super and a three k if you want a little differentiation. That's that's what I go with. Just all ultra, ultra and ultra. trifecta. The year of the ultra. From, that. That's what we need from these from yeah. this company. Long. We're not asking for all this stuff. So there might potentially be two championships under ten k. Could be a typo. It says championships. Yeah, we don't, we don't know if it's the three k format. It's they're still doing that some places. They're still doing the sprint some places. Seattle, they're doing that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I think since they're having it in Seattle and then a month later, they're having, you know, their announced short format world championship. It kind of makes sense. Like right after that. That just leads me to trifecta is when I'm going to be like, okay, this is the one. Yeah. All these other ones, if they, we don't even know yet, how could that possibly be like a premier event? Mm-hmm. We mentioned it the first time, almost in jest. And then it kind of made sense to us in the episode. And now I'm just firmly on board that Trifecta needs to be their like premier format yeah. moving forward. I think it's their most unique viable product. I agree. It's a, it's a, it sets sets the sport, sets the company apart a little bit. Um, makes it yeah. we would know we would know what it is. It would be something that'd be interesting to people coming from outside. It's kind of like, like it's kind of like Kona. You know that's the course you're going to do it at yeah. every year. Doesn't make it bad. North American, every regional champ should be a trifecta, which leads to the world championship yeah. eight weeks later. 
people can train for for that as opposed to be like oh there's this yeah. 3k thing there's this 15k thing there's this yeah. 25k thing it would just be the one thing let's just make it the thing that thing that's the Rich, where are all the people what else are all the people always Isn't it? It's, it's weird but it's a lot much people are asking would you rather do a high rocks while running backwards or a deck yes. of fit while doing bear crawls for the runs oh running backwards easy i'm not doing 5k bear crawls hell no half the duration in terms bear of what i rather or would i be better at uh both i'm running deca backwards. bear crawl i think i'd be better at if High everyone else backwards has to do would it? be so pleasant you think it'd be pleasant you because you what you, you're mechanically limited that's true which it's means a long you're time gonna, to go back. You're going to come in fresh. You're going to have what's to put the longest, in some backwards work. What's the longest you've gone backwards for? Mine's probably like 20 meters. Ugh. I ran a mile backwards for time in college. While dribbling? <laughs> that's no. skill. No, I held that's, it That's palming if you're doing that. Yeah, yeah, it's cheating. Yeah. Throwing it behind your back. Would you run, would you you run backwards in a, for a mile? It's hazy. I don't know. Probably eight to nine minutes. Backwards guess. beer mile. It was it was such a beer mile that you started running backwards and everyone's yeah. like, Dude. I thought I'd sober up if I did it backwards. <laughs> it would take the beer out of you. Inconclusive. Yeah. I'm running backwards all day. Mm, just so long. Yeah, backwards uh, you can is probably walk, though, easier. In case backwards you is bad. Yeah. You, you can have see to, when people are coming way, at you. Either way, you got to put in some time training. What if it was uh no if it was crab walk versus bear crawl then it's a whole uh, yeah bear bear crawl. Way, Dylan's probably winning no he's already ready yeah he's locked <laughs> he in doesn't need any training he's, he's already ready. locked in bear crawl high rocks crab walk Deca <laughs> oh an eight k crawl that's or what they did crab walk yeah people should I'd switch sports I wouldn't do it no 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 would you rather all right. This is almost like that uh, world record barbed wire crawl during the the death game or the death race a few years ago. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. Someone did like eleven miles of of barbed wire. Barbed, like it was hours, like does like a dozen hours in a row, something insane like that. I'm probably you know multiplying it by a couple, but it was like many many miles of barbed wire crawl. People are so you get stupid. trench foot, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but all right, I'll, I'll do I'll do the. Uh, bear crawl triceps are going to go and you're not going to make any forward progress at some point just you can at least go in. forward or backwards with your bear crawl if you need to switch on muscle groups i saw like some of these influencer types these influencer types for fitness stuff will do the dumbest shit someone did like a 10k sled push and it took them like eight hours they're just doing it for <laughs> for forever it's like why like what I, I don't even know if that's hard or not should we invite one of those type of people into like our fantasy football league just so they can do the deck of dog, you know, just some punishment. Yeah, they would blow it up so much. Be like, this is, I this know. is my ticket. I'm going to be famous after I do this deck of dog. I always, yeah. I always leave those watching those. Cause I get sucked in those. I watch the whole reel. And he's like, <laughs> like when Miraglia did his hardest marathon or whatever it was, mm, hardest mm. mile work. I watched the whole uh, thing. The, like a mile of a, tire uh, flips and then a mile of, it was, a know, it was a strongman tosses. marathon is what strong he called man it. Strongman yeah. marathon, yeah. I, I start out thinking this is so dumb. And by the end, I'm like, I think they're tougher than me. Yeah. That would be something. Oh, it's impressive. Finishing is yeah. the fact. Because you know they get to a point where they're just like, this was a bad idea. 
Yeah. And then the people that finish it out, <laughs> it's like, that's, that's really impressive. Right. So maybe our YouTube channel should be going around and beating people's times at pointless, useless events <laughs> to make it irrelevant. <laughs> I like it. I'm go. let's go after that 10 K sled push record. Cause like I'm sure that chasing. could be, that's probably in their Instagram bio already. 10 K oh, yeah. sled push yeah. world record holder. Are we talking it was like, like when that, Simmons the ran the mile dribbling? Yeah. Okay. And every athletic runner is like, I just have to do it so he doesn't have it. What was his time? <laughs> like you. He went like 518 or 520. Jump. What was yours? I think 452. Let's go. I was, was I was in, I was coming off knee surgery. Was that your sub four, uh, sub five of the year? Yeah. Because I heard you just extended <laughs> your streak, Bracken. Did you get your mile too? Uh, no, I haven't run a sub five mile this year. Oh, I thought you Thought you got it early. No, but I did dunk did this that week. Dunk. You did yeah. it six a.m. The, the, the Ooh, that should count. That's like an eleven forty one. Six a.m. As in my like thirty. You know time. what's funny? You, sometimes you got to get a couple days of jumping. That New Year's Eve when I did it, it took me like twenty five attempts. <laughs> Don't do that. And it was just two that morning. It's good. Wow. So yeah, so you just got loose. Get the rust off. The uh, that would be the ultimate flex is to dribble. A sub five, and then immediately, and then go right into a dunk, like dribble oh, the mile, yeah. had a version and, of and dunk it at the end. In college at indoor conference, I ran, I think like a one fifty five prelim, and during my cool down, dunked. Let's go because oh, the cool down was in the indoor in spikes. Two. Yeah, no, no lunar racers. Okay. okay, that was the closest to that. Yeah, but a sub five mile into it, I think you'd have to dunk first. I don't think I could dunk at the end of a, of no, a sub five no. mile. You can bear it. Just yeah, time it right. Just time After right. a race, when you get like 15 to 20 minutes to recover, you're really loose and you can actually jump for a little bit. Mm. Mm. I, I've like some yeah. of my best jumping sessions have been after tempo runs. You get like eight jumps and you're done, but those eight are spectacular. Hmm. Maybe that's what we, maybe that's an event we could, a goofy games that we can invent that's like we're testing who is the most explosive athlete after doing an endurance endeavor. Compromise jumping. Compromise jumping. BK. I mean, this is on brand for you, BK. So we could just like roll this thing out and be like, yeah. this makes sense. Instead of fading into the night, I'm just going to embarrass myself into the late <laughs> stages of my career. <laughs> just get booed off of the scene. <laughs> so we need the people it. to ask a lot of questions about, or submit what goofy records should we try to go after? 10K oh, sled push. Yeah. I think we do it. I'm thinking okay. that crab walk 5K. You're going to be really good at that. Not crab walk. No. So my Bear brother, yes. crab walk, my brother, no. uh, he, he showed me some video and there was a guy who was determined to do a 5k of lunging every single day for a year. And he made it like one day because he was destroyed, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. You and, have to, you, you like, have to train for that yeah. for like 12 weeks and then, yeah. and then 5k of lunging, dude, what? Her that day, would be almost a full-time job early on. <laughs> yeah. Like, right. Like how long? Like if it takes hundred meters in high rocks without a without a bag, oh without a bag. Well, we'll just say high rocks without a bag. You do hundred meters. People are doing it around three minutes at the highest end. At in the event, it's slow, whatever. But if you're doing that yeah. those, that fresh, maybe it's two forty five. Ninety you're seconds. Looking at two minutes. Eight times that long. Ninety seconds. If, if you do it, yeah, yeah. Sustainably you, four minutes per hundred. No, it's not Easily. sustainable. It's it's not sustainable. <laughs> With no way five k. That's disgusting though. What kind yeah, of time are we looking at? So say four minutes per. That's 200 minutes. You're looking at like three to three and a half hours. If you, oh. if you can hold that. 
What a ridiculous every single When did that day. dude say, how did he claim it? He must uh, have been turnt drunk saying shit like that. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna have I'll I'll reach out to Dan and let let you know what he says. Hobie Call would have been the candidate for some for any lunge walk record. He mm. did a mile in like 24 minutes. <clears throat> Austin Azar can lunge his ass off. Yeah. He might be Hobie had like knee pads too, on and stuff. Got no problem with that. Yeah. All right. A lot, All of, right, people been, people a lot of people have been asking us, like, what what are the top three races? in OCR history in terms of uh, like, like the best races to watch in OCR history, excluding the fake championship in Abu Dhabi. Because I know that's what Jack wants to say right now. That was exciting. <laughs> Top three. People want to know. It, it doesn't have to be world championship. It could be like an NBC yeah. race, something like that. Yeah. Hmm. This is really tough. Uh, Bracken, if you want to take what I honestly like some of that 15 minute trifecta race world championship coverage in 2019 was so fun to watch when they do the, they have like each race 10 to 15 minutes. That was the, that was the woods. Richard Woods Heineck year, year mm -hmm. when Woods faded, Killian faded, Sergey and Albert Soleil caught up towards the end. It was, that was a very fun year to watch. I'm going to be biased because if I'm going to watch it, I want to see the whole race. A few good yeah. minutes aren't enough. So I'm going to say Jacksonville, I think 2019. When you got Kemp that. Kempson? Uh, the silent one? Or is that the Kempson year? Uh, the, the 2020 year. was silent. That was, okay. that was 2020. 2020 Jacksonville. You just heard gasping and panting was maybe like the most visceral Spartan race I've ever watched. That's amazing. That almost, that's the best that year. Because yeah. that, was, that was such a bummer. Remember, it was like, what is this? Yeah, re-watching everything, it, things age differently. When you're watching it live, tape delayed versus months later just to, to watch something, that one, that Jacksonville goes up on there with greatest race experiences to watch of all time. Hmm. I'll have to revisit. I, I have another. Okay. Big Bear. Super. Oh, yeah. Uh, which year? VJ. VJ Jones. That's a great one. Pass the Atkins. What a battle. I don't... Don't forget on the women's side, you had Emma and Lindsay reach the spear throw at the same time. They were, yeah, they were trading year, blows as well. That was so women's. good. Men's and women's for another another one, Bracken. I don't know if you were there. I think it was 2017 team race OCR World Championship. It was UK versus North America, where you had uh Albin. Connor Hancock and James Appleton. Appleton went last in the obstacle leg and he had like a two to three minute leg. And you had Hunter, Atkins, and Killian or Woods on Woods, the men's I team. Thought. And just the effort that Atkins went in to like that, that was that was such an exciting. That might be my favorite team race that's been out there. Just the what was that changes, one? Say that again? The 2017 OCR Worlds Canada. Uh, the team race on the men's side. I know that Yancey live streamed it because he was getting in trouble for like live streaming it during the race. It's like a 45 minute race and you go on his Facebook. I'm sure that you can find, you know, search on his posts and stuff. He had the whole thing on there. Very, very exciting. One of my favorites was the, I know it was just personally biased because uh was the 2021, maybe Asheville women's race where Annie was Beating oh, against Lindsay, Lindsay at like the yeah. last obstacle. Mm. That was just incredibly exciting because we just haven't seen anything like that. And Annie was still emerging. She had a good race in Utah, but was still blown out by Lindsay. But I think she finished second there. 
then I was like, oh, wow. And you had a real sprint finish. Legitimate mm-hmm. sprint finish. 200 meters. Yeah. Both sides. Yeah. Asheville and West Virginia that year are both pretty spectacular. They would take my third slots. The men's we just got so much more footage on course of people running fast that year. That was when Patrick had. are the two best. Chris Brown, Batris, yep. uh Logan was yeah. up there. Mark Adet were they were up there. Who ended up? Oh, winning? you're talking West Virginia. Yeah, VJ. Yeah, VJ. VJ was. Uh, oh, was you said West Asheville. Virginia, not Asheville. Sorry, but West Virginia, uh, Woods, Atkins, like that swim was a big changer. Kempson. That Veerman, was. A, that's I a great he was race. Third. Veerman, yes. Veerman was in there. Who won? did Atkins win that race? Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, and Veerman was. Second or third? I think he was third. I think and then I think Veerman it was Logan and Mark. Killian or Kent? That Killian? was the year before. That was the year oh, before. That was year before. I don't know if Kent was the right. one. That was where Kent, I think he screwed up on the tire. Tire. Yeah. And a bunch of people screwed up on the swim. How about that um, stadium race, Dallas Stadium for Kent versus Killian? Yeah, that one sucks. <laughs> oh, yeah, because you got third and weren't on camera the whole time. I got dropped and looked bad doing it. Was that the first year of yeah. Ram Burpees or the second year of Ram Burpees? First, first year. The first, first first ever race was at Phoenix in 2019 because mm. I was there. And 19, I was like, what sure? the heck is this? Didn't we do Ram Burpees in... Oh, no. Did we not do Ram Burpees at... State uh, Farm. Thir- like, my plaque says 2019 State Farm third place. Yeah. That was the first time and I that, did it. Oh, yeah. I guess first so. First time. We had the Assault Bike BK at... or And Jack, you were there too. At, uh, Citizens I was there. At Nationals Park. Uh, I got the, it that year. S. Shea, the old, the new Shea or whatever. What's the Met Stadium now? City, City Field. City. City. That, that was, yeah. I think, the first time we saw a salt bike. That was destructive. Okay, you took <laughs> it Isaiah like, did it in like man. five seconds and everyone else just yeah, you you murdered everybody that race. I have as much of a list of races that I regret weren't filmed. That one would be on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Or filmed better. Some was of the... Tahoe and Vermont years, better footage would have been great. Races that cut out in the middle, like Hunter and Killian in Asheville. We didn't get to see as much of it. Uh, if we had been able to see more of the uh, Monterey race some years, we just had more back in the day of the live streams. Some of those races would have just been incredible. I mean, that's, Vegas that's back in the dangerous. day. It's like they would all be great if we saw if it was just like better quality. I feel like that's just like. The answer to I mean, there were some that people just won by 15 minutes, but there were some battles that just no one got to ever see how crazy they were. And, and honestly, if you haven't seen Abu Dhabi this year, it was it was great. What happened to your audio? What happened? Is it Did not you knock the dongle out? It's a dongle out. But get that dongle back in there. If you go 19 through 21 coverage, I think that's the sweet spot. Mm. Mm. You almost can't go wrong with races during that time because they got the majority of it. They they switched up the rabbit style. It was really really good. Mm-hmm. That was post NBC, so they kind of figure something out, and they were showing yeah. they were showing the whole. Yeah, we, and you're right, we didn't like it at the time. We didn't want that, but it's aging very well. You get to see what's going on. Yeah, the more and more I watch, the more I think uh, commentators detract from it in our sport. You just hate listening to yourself. Part of it, but like I don't like listening to anyone in the OCR space right now, and it's not necessarily their fault. Like we don't have a template to follow. We end up talking about things that we expect to happen or wish would happen. Commentators, kind of like the Collinsworth thing, they're just deciding here's what I'm going to talk about today, whether it's happening or not. Like here's my mm-hmm. narrative. Mm-hmm. 
there's it's, space to fill. There's space to fill, and it ends up being like more ex, like people yeah. are, are explaining things as opposed to like sh- like commenting on what's happening. Yeah, and we're, and because none of us are professionals, like we're really bad at abrupt shifts and just hitting what's happening. Yeah, and. Yeah, it's hard to hear myself talk. It's hard to hear a bunch of these people talk. I, I find myself upset with the commentators or just like muting it. Just like, I like the I like the shaky cam, watch the runners here and breathe and hit the ground. That's now nah, that's becoming my favorite. Another one that I think was really good. Uh, you remember that double lo- Big Bear twenty nineteen was was great. Twenty nineteen. I was trying to get thumbs up because your audio is good, but it wasn't popping oh, up gotcha. on my damn screen. I, I thought you said point it up. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, that was the Johnny Lunalimi year where he just yep. came ah, out. And you had you had the next day where they had snow and VJ skipped the beast and they did that double lap short format. It was the mountain was series, very, right? Or no? Yes, it was a mountain series. series I believe. Oh, where is that located? That one, Aaron that, Newell. That double uh, lap's Ryan not Kent. on my playlist. I don't know if they did a full... It be on uh, Facebook. I, I watched it. I, I know, I know right. There's a lot there. of Facebook stuff. Oh, Facebook, God. I just wanted it all on YouTube. So stupid. Yeah. Yeah. But putting streaming things anywhere but YouTube makes no sense. But I mean, unless I you get just... why they did it, they had a huge Facebook following for a long time. But when you're trying to track down races for Spartan Race and you don't know if you need to look on there, and even on YouTube, they have some things that aren't curated in their list for that year. Mm. Like YouTube, their channel, YouTube Scattered, Facebook, OCR Reports channel. It's just you got a playlist. Frustrating. You have one. I have a oh, playlist. Yeah. It's we, not we should... complete. We should share it with the Patreon. Yeah. Patreon peeps. Yeah. So so they can get to know. Because if anyone spent time putting together a playlist. I got two messages after we talked about it last time. People are asking you? Uh, Saying, I have a list I've curated. If you're interested in checking it out. People are doing the thing. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, that Johnny Luna Lima, Utah and Big Bear. I just regret that we didn't have a drone to follow him or a mountain bike down the mountain because you got glimpses of what that man was doing. And I would, I would pay money to like recover the director's cut and find like, where's the footage of Johnny just ripping that we haven't seen. Cause the things we did see of him were just mind blowing. Sonic the Hedgehog. It was, it was hard to understand what was happening because it'd be like, where, how did, where, where did he go? (laughs) You just see him disappear. You like bound, bound. And then he's gone and they look away for half a second. He's 50 yards ahead. It was, it was maybe the freakiest running I've ever witnessed in OCR. Yeah. I think that that's fair. Cause that is true. Like that. It didn't quite capture how at the end of the race, I forgot if it was Utah or big bear. But he does like one last little climb, turns around there, two hours some into this race of him destroying his body. And then he just bounds and leaps down this next section. And I thought, I've been at the end of so many races and never once have I thought, I bet I could pull that off. <laughs> He's just like on a level that I'd never seen before. Yeah. All right. People have been asking, a lot of people have been asking us, where are we at with Maud? Have things changed with Maud? Early episode, episode like Three, I think. Two or three. Three, I think. I think the sport has changed. I think that the importance of mod has not dropped off, but the emphasis on mod has changed a little bit. And Rich, we talked about this recently. We've had some athletes. You talked about VJ talking about it. And the very next day, I had someone else talk to me about the same concept that a compromise running or mod is... Uh, is not as important as people thought it was. So it's a myth. Not even you real. I wanted to rant about that recently. Yeah. So yeah, and I, and, and I don't, I don't agree, 
But what I do think is that it's a skill. And early on, we watched VJ struggle with compromised running. The very first Warrior Dash, we saw him struggle with it. And then he mastered it. Was he like 12? He was like 17. 15, maybe. It doesn't matter. Like It is a real thing to everyone until it's no longer an issue. And then it's a strength. And then racing semi-frequently is enough to stay really good at it. And then it becomes the opposite. Pretty soon the things aren't compromising you anymore. They're letting you recover your running for the next round. So it's a thing and it matters as much as it ever has. But the good people, the top athletes, have started to master it. In the last episode, Bracken, you were kind of saying that doesn't matter what your marathon pace is or whatever if you're a you can run a sub five for your marathon or subset like you're kind of never going to go faster than that at that point so i feel like the spread on your mod isn't as big but i i do feel like it's still a pretty important skill especially in hybrid yeah and i think you look at someone like vj who can run faster than his marathon pace during a super or a beast but he's still not running sub five for extended periods of time. Mm-hmm. And then you look at someone who can run slower than their marathon pace because their marathon pace is 450 and they're still not running faster than sub five. Like that five to 520 seems to be the upper limit for 99.9% of OCR athletes, even at the highest level. It's just how long does it take to get to that point where you can run without cost there? So it can't be a myth if it affected you at even once. It's hard to say that it doesn't exist, right? And the skill is an interesting way to put it, especially with like, uh, we talked about like the neuromuscular aspect of it and mm-hmm. being able to develop a little, like the skill around it, getting back to running and like mechanically being sound as opposed to becoming so fatigued, you become like uncoordinated more or less. Yeah. So yeah, I think that leans into the skill, but the maximum available under duress can't, it's gotta be something. It's always there. Came up with it. It's real. Even if you eventually have all of it available under duress, then your mod score is perfect. It's not that it doesn't exist anymore. It's like you beat mod. You just have the best mod. Yeah. Except we still don't. Like even VJ, for example, had a very good first high rocks, right? Mm -hmm. Did his running ever suffer? Mm -hmm. So, so a compromise running exists. Right. If it didn't exist, he would have run great all the way through. So it's always a thing. Just its importance to you as an athlete fades as you get really, really good at it. Like Nicole Miracle, who allegedly does not train compromised running ever. Doesn't believe in it. Very early on, she was affected by it in the second half of races. Now, not so much. She's raised her individual ceiling so high that it affects her less things take less out of her uh-huh. but she's also had she has gotten better at doing it part of it's mm-hmm. neuromuscular part of it's just mentally knowing that this feeling isn't fully as real as it would be on the track of the roads but either way it's a skill we still back mod we, we were mod across it, our chest real. yeah that's how we roll got it right there there it is Guys, I got a lot of people been asking. I got this new cactus. Mm. What should we name it? There's three little cactus. Oh, that that was the first question people were asking. Bracken, what's Kirk's middle name? Oh, isn't it Alan? No. 
just I was making up a thing just to see if that. Sure. Do you do you know it? Uh, like, is this something? It that starts with know? a D, and I'm blanking now. Not Daniels. Douglas. No, I thought it's Douglas. KDD. This is really bad. Yeah, he's KDD, but I I'm blanking what the D stands for because I'm a D as well. I'm BDK. BDK. What does the D stand for? Who knows? Dumb, because you don't know your friend's middle name. <laughs> Got him. Yeah. I'm not going to recover. Oh, from I have it. I have it. White pages. You found Take it like one that? more guess, Bracken. What is it? Dwight. Rich? I don't know. Donald. Donald. I like that. That's a great one. So I'm thinking there's three little cacti in there. I'm thinking about naming a Kirk, Donald, DeWint. Like three. The, <laughs> no, like one's a Kirk. you think he's ADD? a prick? <laughs> oh, Jack. got him! Jack's uh, hey, he's in a cactus fire thing. right now. He's yeah. rolling. All right, Just one of like them's Kirk Donald. The back, the back one's Dewin. Yeah, people have been asking. They've been asking about the cactus. So that's All real. Right. That's a real cactus. Yeah, we're gonna see. I want. I want it there so that over time we can see it get. Yeah, yeah. We need cactuses. That's what's going to exist over here. Less less water is a good plant here. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. We'll measure it against the batons over time. Yeah, exactly. We'll see how they how when which one grows better, Kirk, Donald, or Dewint. Which yeah. one's going to be? Audrey used to have. Uh, actually, she has several plants, um, but one of them was a Venus flytrap, and she called it Vini. So just add an e at the end of it, and whatever the first syllable is. Mm. So that's her naming structure. She'll if she has a phone, it's phony. She has a car, it's Kari. Like just it seems pretty, like pretty pretty lame. Pretty basic. It's yeah. Like, yeah. You know, three, four year old children stuff. name things. Our vacuum, however, I named it Count Vacula. That's pretty it good. Sucks crud instead of sucks blood. I like it. The good yeah. multi layers. We gave it a cape. Everything it's great. Josh Josh calls his he used to call his treadmill Treddy Roosevelt. Oh, that's good. <laughs> nice. <laughs> People are asking. All right. Would you rather go into a battle with a laser pistol or with a wall ball? <laughs> laser pistol. Yeah, easily. You can pistol with people. Wall ball compresses. At least you can hurt. Yeah. It's big though. Wall ball can hit no yeah. side. Maybe put a wall ball on like the end of a uh, like a chain. Whip it around. <laughs> I feel like if you come out with a laser pistol, it would hurt. Someone's gonna think it's a real gun, and they'll and probably be a little afraid. Yeah. They're gonna shoot you. What are you gonna throw a little twenty-pound ball at them? I thought you were gonna say a spear. Well, the oh, spear is yeah. the correct answer. You can Maybe. actually hurt somebody with that. You can hurt someone with a pistol. You'd have to throw it at them the same way you'd hurt them. You'd nah, hurt. I think you use it. You you just punch, but using the stock, the butt. I should say the butt of the pistol. All right, you gotta get close hands. range. Gotta get close range. A deck of you ram want to be close range with a spear too. A ram's not spear bad. A ram's be a probably a better one. Not a yeah. throw. Spear, yeah, spear would be way easier. Just <clears throat> hit them like yeah, that. They were literally used to kill animals back in the day <laughs> and people. I'm sure it's killed some people for sure. But a ram, that's a good, that's a better one. Ram's a, a laser good one. pistol or a ram. I think I could get a spear out of your hands easier than I could get the laser pistol out of your hand, though. Yeah, but like you could like you could just if you, what if they have a spear? Then you're, that wasn't if, the question. If two if you someone had a spear and you had a laser pistol, like they're they're gonna be like, bang. That's the yeah. only way I would want wall ball or ram is if the other person had to fight with the same thing. <laughs> Otherwise, the ram would be utterly useless. It's too heavy. Yeah. Even though like twenty two, like three reps. Twenty two still like twenty two still like a the, little bit. The too eleven heavy. pound kid ones, you could do that. Could be like a decent. If you shield. were coming up behind a distracted enemy. 
the Ram might be what I choose. And even still, like, how do you hit? Do you yeah. have to swing that thing? Like it's, it's like rubber. Base of the neck. That'd be hot, like, ow. Women's kettlebell? That's probably. Kettlebell or dumbbell? Which would you rather? Kettle. Kettle. Kettlebell easy. Like a, yeah. like a 12 pound handle. Something like something light. Oh, yeah. Really whack. I'd probably Ooh. take the rope out of a uh, out of a skier and use it as a rope. <laughs> you just use the skier of contract or contraption. I'd carry it up a mountain. With that, and then I'd fight a battle out there. Yeah, we should like uh, that. That's the next one we should do: a ski mountaineering, holding a skier, get to the top of the mountain, and then at the skier get ten k, then a ski down yeah. with it. Ski down with the skier. Ski down with the, the platform. Skier. Yeah. 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 Uh, I think that's kind of it. I mean, that's what people have been asking. There's a lot of a lot of people have been asking about a lot of stuff, and I'm glad that we were able to get to this where we can clear the queue. Clear the queue of these yeah. questions. I have a question for you. I, I'm interested in the specifics of this sled push 10K. Okay. What was the weight? What was the surface? Surface okay. matters way more than the weight. Because if we could just get on a turf field and do 100 meter reps, <sighs> you're out of your mind. Why am I out of my mind? You would prefer to do it on concrete? I'd prefer to not go 10 kilometers with a sled. Listen, this is, we are bound by honor to beat this person's time. This isn't about want. It was a team too, I believe. It was a team. Okay. We'll show them what mod is all about. Weight, surface, and what are the, what are the team requirements? Size, gender. Uh, um, Let's pull this up. Let's pull this up. We don't need to give the. Is it by Dustin and Nate on uh, yeah. Mountain Tough Fitness? Mountain Tough Fitness. Okay, well, the video is 10 hours and 38 minutes long, so that's clearly... <laughs> oh, it's a push-pull. Push-pull, and that makes it better. It doesn't look heavy. The, it's like a prowler. What do you want it to have? 400 pounds on it for a 10K? I think that either way, it's going to turn into a cardiovascular competition. So if it's light, yeah, it helps us. I like the push and pull. The push would just be would just kind of wreck oh. my calves and my feet. And digging, I don't know. Uh, it doesn't look heavy. That's a prowler too. That's a little bit easier to push. Um. All right, we're gonna have to watch this video. We're gonna have to watch this video. Ten hours. There's yeah. there's nothing in the comments about. Uh, oh shoot! Yeah, let me see. About asking any questions. Wait. Yeah, genuinely curious. Where did this come from? Got a little hunt hunting action. Not a ton of comments. Not a ton of comments here. Let me see if the 10,000 made a put. Did you see one? Uh, you just saying where it came from, but no, I don't know what the... Uh... Probably get more... Uh... Are they 10,000 athletes? I don't know. They got, they got posted it's on a here. sponsored post. Yeah, it's on there. This is what they I want. I would want some comfortable shorts that I got yeah. from a 10,000 athlete. This reminds me of our 5K sandbag carry. No, if that's you're nothing do, close. If you're going to do anything like this, you should definitely wear 10,000 if you're going to do it. Because, I mean, it'll hold up. You'll be cozy the whole time. I don't know, man. I can't really find out. They made a mistake by not wearing trail shoes. Oh, there's Michael. Right you there think so? On the right. Yeah, I think grip matters. And I think a little bit of drop would help over the course of this thing. So this is like 180 pounds on a prowler. They got this two and a half on there for some reason. That's not that much, I don't think. I mean, probably with the prowlers had the three points of contact, so those things slide. That looks like turf. I mean, if that video is ten and a half hours, like 
if that was their actual completion time and we're there complaining about eight hours for Saudi Arabia being too much, I don't think 10 hours of sled push and pull is going to be fun. Wait, go back. He, I oh, mean, nine, he's in 922. He's got good footwear. What, what, he's what in Speedlands. So you think trail shoes are like are the move here? Why is that? Uh, on turf, any amount of slipping you're doing, every single bit of stabilizer you have to engage, if you have to clench hamstrings at all, I think you want your shoe to stick Every, I mean, I would go so far as to wear cleats or like uh VJ wow. spiked shoes because I, w- I don't want to have to engage anything over the course of hours that you don't want to like picture running in the snow, every little slide you have, you want, tra- I think traction's everything here. So if they're doing 15 meters out and back, that's 30 meters and they split it up in half. So it's a 5k each that's 166 pushes and pulls total. For Did 15? they split it up? I don't know if they split it up or they just did it together. No, it looks like they did it together. Was it combined for 10K though? Let's count 365 laps needed. Okay, I must have misread how many, the distance on each then. So you got three across. There's 12 down. Four, yeah, 12. 12 and six. six. Jackie, doing this math, you got your time calculator out? Oh, uh, yeah, time calculator. Right, 10,000 divided by 365 laps is 27.4. So basically 13 and a half out, 13 and a half back. So like they had a 40-foot track, 40, 45 feet. It says 365 laps needed. Yeah. I feel like this took too long. I think we'd smash this. I think they yeah. each did it. They each did it. Yeah. Yeah. Nine hours at like on mile per hour. On like that's like how like miles per hour for like that. an half, like, hour and a half per mile. Yeah, you're doing like 0.5 miles an hour. It's six miles an hour. Yeah. I mean, slow. it's not. Fatigue's gonna be real. <laughs> yeah. That that's pretty nasty. I'm not signing up. But let's think, is it nasty or is it the only time anyone would ever do it? Record. Both. Both. Yeah. It says like by Meg Jacoby, so it's legit. She liked that? Oh. Did I yeah. like it? I definitely didn't. <laughs> it's <laughs> and, not and I'm not gonna. <laughs> too I'm goofy. out. All right. Let's uh speaking of too goofy, this episode's gone on long enough. Um we have I, No, no, no. Before we move on. Okay. We need to find out exactly the weight and the length, and we need to do a dry run. It looked like 180 pounds on a prowler. We can figure that out later. I'm not saying right now, but I think we should just do one, just like a, a 60 minute AMRAP at intended goal pace or effort, I, and then report back and say, is this doable? Yeah. We Maybe watch the video, recon. then we set one up and just see what happens. I think you come down from altitude for this, Rich. You think that's going to matter? What if it, you don't think it'll slide better at altitude? Oh, in their air? air? Yeah, yeah. Indoor uh, versus I'm, outdoor probably matters. I'm looking right now. They're going simultaneously. Be an issue. Humidity will be a problem. I think that would be that would pose an issue for a, I, a challenge I didn't like necessarily this. mean here. Somewhere drier. We can go out to California for this. And there's a gym. Yeah. In, there's got to be a gym in SoCal. We could we could hit for that. I'm sure people will love it. Although maybe 5,000 feet is fine. Wear the mud shirt. Yeah. All day. I'm, right, I'm looking at this. Now, but I'm going to do a 
They have two 45s on each side. They're pushing them in parallel. They're switching up like close, you know, the push press versus arms extended, like diff- different strategies. They're taking breaks, but you can just see the, the respiration rate. This is a pretty taxing thing. And they're just doing it in the middle of a turf field at a gym. So whoever was there probably was like, these guys just haven't stopped. I bet they stopped if it was nine and a half hours. They probably stopped. I know. Well, it was down probably, lunch. you know, 30 minute break. Year, well, I think that's break. the key here. I think you breaks. you work out your your work to rest ratio and you don't take big breaks. You're going you slow enough tip. to you like eat full sandwiches. You'll be fine. Yeah. 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 I'm I'm using dense nutrition drinking. Or we could just drink like beer. We just get turned during this thing. See how it goes. Um, every every one of these blocks. Wait, so what does this mean, these blocks? So what does this mean for the length of it? Jack, that's 365 each. Each of those looks like 60 per yeah, block. Blocks of 60. Except for the last one. And Jack, you said there are 40 some meters. Yeah. Uh no, it would have been feet. 40 some feet. 20, 27.4 meters. And you think that's for the push and the it has so to be then the you divide it by pull. then you divide it by two. So it's really like a something twelve to fifteen meters out and and then twelve to fifteen meters out and back, basically. That makes sense. They're I think I'm there. using yeah. speed goats for this. I like the Zanals for it. I like the little yeah. Speed goats might be nice though. The new the fives have those little micro grips along the edge of each. RC elites. What's wrong with them? That's true. If you could stay in stiff shoes for that amount of time, I guess that's true. We I'm should have ended this ten minutes ago. Hour. You're swapping shoes. Oh yeah. Every hour. Oh yeah. Probably socks. So we got to get somewhere dry. Somewhere dry and not cold. Well, that's you got that. You got that cold on lock. All, All right, boys. I'm done. Good work. Hey, this was probably this is top top five episode. People are asking what's the top five episode. I'm gonna say this one. <laughs> this. Easily. easily, easily this one. Got some excitement coming up. It's starting to race pretty soon. So we have, I believe, Manchester for High Rocks coming up. Vienna is in three weekends. Jacksonville's sooner than than same we exact think. weekend as uh Tough Mudder of Saudi Arabia. And that's what weekend? The twenty fourth or twenty fifth, whatever that February twenty. So about a month and then things are gonna start ramping up. Mm-hmm. So hot Jack's been, and heavy. Jack's been working on an episode topic for like seven weeks now. Trying to every week is like, "Hey, we doing this?" Yeah, I got I got sick. I've been out of town, had mouth surgery. It's been a it's been busy, but so I'm very close to being done. It's gonna be a cool topic. We're gonna we're gonna roll that out so that we actually have stuff to talk about. Yeah, we have High Rocks Manchester, High Rocks Turin, and then Vienna, and then. OCR starts to get back in action. So we got stuff to talk about soon. Soon. It's happening. All right, squad. Thanks for checking us out. We'll talk to you later.